0: Strap yourself in, I don't know where this is going to go. It's a little bit like when Adam first met Eve. It's kind of like just stand back. I don't know how big this thing's supposed to get. Do we all get free ribs? So uh, like Matt said, it could go 45 minutes, could go an hour and a half. We could still be here tomorrow. Thanks to Cryer Malt, a grain of truth in every 200 podcasts. This is Brews News Week. I'm your host, Pete Mitchum, and joining me live from Wilford's Room at the local tap house in beautiful St Kilda East in sunny Melbourne on this beautiful summer's day, it's Matt Kierkegaard. G'day, Matt. G'day, Prof. Uh, yes, we're in Wilford's Room, the only room that we knew we could sell out. Now, this, um. all right, <laughs> this, this is the thing. Okay. I know Brews News has probably been, and we've got a fair reputation, we've got a bit of form, runs on the board, it's fair to say, for underplaying our hand and and kind of being very self-deprecating but
1: when you say justifiably said, self-deprecating oh, look, we're going to get like the
0: upstairs room at here or we we there's an option we can do this blah 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 but you know what I've done I've got Wilford's room and I've gone Wilford's room as in Wilford's room is there another Wilford's room like that's got that that seats 100 people no 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 it's the one at the tap house So, okay so you want to just be able to say with confidence we sold out our 200th show because it's twenty five, and there's still seat. spare seats. <laughs> but uh, because <laughs> no, there's a
2: seat up the front, we've just had a, a late comer come in. We uh, we do have a seat up, Nicolette. The front.
0: Take that seat, um, Nicolette. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but this is the thing. It's you know, I, I guess it's one of those things where, um, and, and for those who don't know, and again, this is I guess peeling back the curtain and, and, and showing that Radio Bruges News is really, uh, for all the uh, the noise and the hype and all that sort of thing, it, it's really just a bloke pressing buttons and and pulling levers, yeah. but it's. Yeah, from little things, big things grow. Well, I wouldn't say big things, but I will um, <laughs> I, I will read
2: out something that when, when I was researching this... We're um, we going straight to mailbag. No, no, You're no, going no, off no, script already. Not, not, not mailbag. Just but like we did rehearsal. apropos of what you were just saying. Oh, okay. Um, I, I sent Pete Mitchum a letter on the 4th of April, um, 2011. And uh, we'd Crafty James Smith um, is here because the year before, in August 2010, uh, we'd recorded a demo of a podcast that I had this idea for what I wanted to do and it, the, the technology wasn't quite right, Skype wasn't quite working and so it kind of... The, the conversation was awesome because... The, the guests, guests were more. Um, no, well, who would
0: have thought that, at, you know, back in 2011 that four people all trying to do a video Skype conference and talk at the same time and Kirilly was making tea and we thought, <laughs> no, what could possibly go wrong? What
2: could go wrong? So, anyway, so it, it laid... Um, just sort of in the archives for a little while. But then on the 4th of uh, April uh, 2011, I sent uh, Pete an email and it said, meant to praise your work on the Critics' Choice guide. Okay, so um, why is sunshine up the skirt to start brackets. with? That's good. <laughs> I mean, everything I say on Twitter, often unfortunately, well done. I'd obviously said something nice about Critics' Choice on Twitter. Um, would have been
0: the only thing you'd said nice about the Critics' Choice. That was,
2: well, was about the only thing I was saying nice, apparently. But then I said... Look, I think I've spoken to you before about my intended podcast. Using it to discuss issues like grey market, beer freshness, et etc., cetera, et cetera, to provide a fuller discussion of complex topics than you can do in an article. And I'd I not read this when I um, quoted, uh, when I gave some quotes to James this week. So that's basically um, what I was saying to James. I'd obviously like you to be one of the talents on it, but would you be interested in uh, being involved... From what I gather, producing uh, would just involve helping me brainstorm topics each week and help line up guests to be on it. Also, you're in Melbourne with the finger on the pulse of the centre of the Aus beer world while I'm stuck in the boondocks. more sunshine up my skirt. Which is Brisbane. (laughs) Um, So that was basically how it started, um, approaching Pete. What was uh, was
0: my response, just out of interest? Because I'm thinking... If I uh, got that well, now, okay, I'd actually cut. It's probably going to be quite different. I'll, but by the end of the podcast, I'll have I'll have the reply. No, no, it's all um, worked out exactly as per as per contract. I've never received a cent. <laughs> I'm still I'm still my, my, my shoulders are sore because for eight years now I've been carrying you, um, and and death by association. I've got to say, there's a lot of places I just can't go. People who used to like me, but because I hang around with you. See, well, yeah, I, 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 if we're going to go
2: there, then this no, is... I, look, I, I, fully, I fully acknowledge that. Like, this is one of those Guilty relationships where you put me down in public, you criticise everything I do, <laughs> and, you know, I keep coming back and I love you. You know, it's, it's, just, one of those, it's just one of those
0: relationships. So, uh,
3: Could you have had a mediation session before you came here?
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Matt, now, this is... Uh, I guess we're going to go a little bit different to the, the normal Bruise News week or Beer as a Conversation format, um, it, as much as there is a format for those, um, but we're not going to discuss the um, the issues of the week, we're going to do uh, that over the next couple of weeks and then have a bit of a break for Christmas, but this episode will, as uh, you and the other cool kids who wear grey cardigans, um, say it's going to drop um, the week before Christmas, is that right?
2: It it will be the, uh, the, the our Christmas episode.
0: All right. So, so what we're going to do this one though is we're going to involve our audience who have who have turned up in their in their twos today uh, to um, to you join us and celebrate. Now and thank you very much to our to our listeners who who um as I say it, it's great to have I guess um, the support of your your peers and um you know the people in the industry who respect and, and love what we do. Um as I say. I'd love to go back over the 200 episodes and count the number of times that we've received emails that start with the line, don't quote me on this, but, <laughs> uh, you know, interested in your blah, 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 and heard your things, but, you know, I don't want to go on record. Um, so obviously, you know, we, we, we do appreciate that we do have, um, I guess, the industry um, ear on our side, but more important for us, I guess, is is just having the, the punter, the guys who... At the end of the day, are the ones for whom this beer is made—it's—it's it's not made for awards, it's not made for critics, it's not made for um, you know Facebook um, chat groups and forums and that sort of thing. At the end of the day, it's just shit. It's you know it's six thousand, eight thousand years old, and it's just beer, you know. And and I guess that's the essence of what we've done. And the thing I'm most proud of is that it resonates in some way with you know just with just the average punter.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And it, it's it's one of those things about beer that. You feel really silly taking it seriously sometimes mm. um, because you can often conflate taking beer seriously with taking yourself seriously, and that's actually an, a, a no-no. Um, but it's just such a, an amazing well, it's thing. funny
0: you say that, Matt, because we've managed... Greg Cook is actually in the country, <laughs> and he's here today... <laughs> You don't take me seriously. You don't take no, no,
2: no, no. He um, he was on a great podcast recently um that, that I listen to uh, all the time. Is it that the w- one that Zoe
0: Otterways on all the time? The that is the one that Zoe. Are. When we can't get Zoe, she's generally recording for somebody else. Um, I'd love to help you out, but I'm really busy. And then we, and then she turns up on other podcasts. But no, let, let, let's not talk about. We discovered that. you. Just don't forget that. <laughs> I kind of think she discovered herself, Prof. Maybe she found us. <laughs> she did, and gave now, us credibility. Much needed
2: credibility. But this is now. How are we going to do this? We're going to talk a little bit about two hundred episodes. I think we've sort of
0: given a, a, yeah. a good indication. So now, episode one, <laughs> no, <laughs> went for two hours and fourteen minutes. No. Um, the most important thing for me is the the support we have from from the average punter, the drinker, um, and at the end of the day, all of the industry people that are our friends are also. Um, when they're drinking a beer, they're, they're just a punter as well. And, and so and I'd and love to be able to get feedback from them on... We, we might finish
2: off with a little bit, anyone who's got questions of us, but that, but that was yeah. one of the things, you know, th- this is episode 200. We um, have been recording for eight years, so uh, eight years ago was the first shouldn't podcast. We
0: have, shouldn't we have done 50 episodes per year? You, you'd think that. Times so eight. this should almost <laughs>
2: be episode 400. But that was the, you know, it was you and I and a, a couple of guests, they didn't all find sunlight... Um, primarily because <laughs> I'd listened to
0: them to edit them and I just thought, there's no way I'm putting that out. No, I do uh, not... And this is this is a, a salient advice for, for all, you know, um, young punters out there who want to create their own podcast. For God's sake, get somebody else to produce or edit it for you because the whole thing with Matt was going, oh, that was so good, I can't wait to hear that. And he goes, yeah, I'm not actually going to um, publish that. And I go, well, why not? And he goes, well, because I've listened to it. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes... Geez, I talked a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's uh, funny because it's true. <laughs> but it is that way. It, you, you can't. It, it's almost like you can't
2: edit your own you, material. Yeah, so, so that was a big thing. So th- thanks to our uh, amazing sponsors, we had the resources to actually get somebody in to start cutting them and sort of taking out your jokes and my um, explaining things three times. Can in I quick just get a session. show?
0: Just can I get a show of hands? No, I do, I just well,
2: but you only need one show of hand because it's Joe. So you obviously don't listen back. She takes a lot of your stuff out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> she ta-
2: admittedly she takes more of my stuff out, but that's because I go on so long. Go on. Uh, anyway, but uh, so so now we have we have Joe, and so uh, the last two years I think we've sort of finally hit a bit of a strap, and particularly the you know the the, the news and the, the beers of conversation. But that's why you know the the podcast we've got today um, are two of our. Favorite guests, to have our regular guests, um, because and, and it, it's a bit of a sausage fest up here. I just have suddenly realised <laughs> well, no, no, that. To be but fair,
0: Kiralee was invited. Kiralee was invited, and we do have Zoe. She's doing um, a cruise here as well. Because we did try to recreate the the very first podcast was a four way, so it was you and I with James and and Kirli. Well, the
2: very first one you and oh, in Oh, sorry, that was that's yeah. right. You, Ian Watson sorry, was the involved, wasn't was he? It was Ian Watson, uh, Kiralee, me, and uh, James, um, and then. Ian went off to brew um, for Murray's, and so that's when you got
0: the tap on the shoulder after you... <laughs> hey, mate, I'm happy to be your <laughs> tap on the shoulder <laughs> second choice.
2: But, so, uh, so, I think that's enough sort of love in the air yeah. sort of thing. But let, let's get on. One, one of our
1: favourite... We're like this all the
2: time. It's <laughs> a very dysfunctional relationship. Um, but then again, so are the Beatles. Not in any way drawing any uh, <laughs> parallels... Um, <laughs> but with it, one of the um, favourite episodes that we do every year and we've never done our own real retrospectives of the year or look-aheads but that's why we uh, get Luke in because Luke always has a very insightful list uh, looking at what the year is held and what the coming year uh, will hold and has everyone read Luke's uh, prognosis? Everyone follows All of a Time? If you don't, you should and the All of the Time podcast. Thank you. <laughs> it. uh, and five predictions for beer in twenty eighteen. So we might start off.
4: Um more brew pubs. Talk us through m- I, I, I do wanna dial back just a second. You guys are the reason I started podcasting. Uh because you're so infrequent.
1: Did <laughs> I ran it is fair out to of say we set the <coughs> bar relatively low. I, I ran
4: out of things to listen to. I'm like if these guys put it out all the time, I would be listening. So if I'm thinking about that, then a lot of other people are. So I started my own. So thank you for, for being infrequent and, and still going. I like it. <laughs> Apparently
2: we inspired Malt uh, Mashed In as well. Okay. So he, he said, because you were on, and funnily enough, you were on his podcast and there was a no, you weren't, you actually defended me to, to some yeah, extent I, and I we'll, we'll, we'll get to yeah, that. Right. Mm. Um, but I was on the receiving end of a little bit of uh
1: well, I, I was going to say James. that,
2: but apparently Pete doesn't know what that word means. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so but um, when I, I sort of got into, sort of clarified a few things, and said, oh, you're the reason. So it, it's it's very odd to hear that because I don't. Yeah, I, I, I don't think we'd inspire anybody. To, brew pubs, brew pubs, yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah, these are my predictions from last year about this year. So brew pubs was I thought there'd be a lot more brew pubs than I think twelve months ago, now there are a lot more brew pubs. Uh, I think there's a brew pub in every corner so at the moment. So define
2: a brew pub as a, like a, a brew pub as opposed to a
4: venue, a brewery that has a food offering, a, a, like a, a, a consumer-facing component. So I mean, I guess it's a, a brewery that yeah has a. You can go and drink at a brewery, basically. I think it's as simple it's like as that.
2: The, where it's equal parts brewery and bar or is it primarily... Because oh. Mountain Goat's always been a bit of a brew pub. They've had their open
4: nights and things yeah. like that. So, so probably open more regularly yeah. than, than Mountain Goat because Mountain Goat are... Someone's shaking the head. What? Yeah, no, carry on now. What do enough. you think? I,
5: Pubs are synonymous with beer and food generally. So from my perspective, a, a brew pub, there, there's beer and food. Yep. And Mountain Goat, as much as I love them... They, they've kind of thrown in the, the food as a ongoing aspect but around the corner from there is the Royston which is a brew pub because they have great beer on tap and they have a great restaurant that goes with it. But so do they have
0: a brewery? No, yeah. do, you have to be a well, do you have to brew your own to be I, a brew pub? I,
5: I think personally I think um, it's more of a cellar door kind of thing. So wineries have cellar doors, I, breweries have... Cellar doors, even though that sounds weird, isn't because ga- there's not there such a salad Ro- thing. not
2: a gastro pub. Then, if it's got beer and food, that's more of a gastro. Well, it than is a, a gastro pub,
5: but if gastro also suggests yeah. really good food, and there's plenty <laughs> <No>. of pubs <laughs> that don't have really good food, so. And hello to all our yeah, friends from the Royston. <laughs> 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 no, no, but the Royston oh no, has great food. so. look, great what food, th-
0: um, to me, I guess the the quintessential. You know, if you if you look up the the. The definition of, of brew pub, I'm, I'm thinking uh, Bad Shepherd, Wolf yep. of the Willows. Yep. Yep. I'm thinking stomping ground. Yep. Yes. Um,
4: so, uh, good hospitality offering, good food. Yes. Um, but, but a also, also a brewery. I, yep. I think yep, for, for me, sure. the,
0: the definition almost needs to be, I've come along for the food and there happens to be some great beer and whatever else, Definitely. or I've come along for some beer and yep. I've had a feed while I'm yep. yep. here. So, still, it's still a pub. So, what's,
3: what's Tommy's incubator?
4: I'd call that a brew pub as well. But well, so it's but a... <laughs> It's
0: a, it's a community that's like a, venue. That's a BB. <laughs> that's a like a brew yeah, got BYO. A tasting room salador yeah. is what uh, Tommy's uh, calling yeah. out from the back. I guess it's, it's different when you've got the ability to bring in whatever food you like. Yeah. Um, from from local thing, but we don't actually provide food for you. I think to be a brew pub, you've got um, from a business um, point of view, it's that second stream of, of revenue so you've got you've got a you know two two bites of the cherry. Yeah. At what point are we splitting? I think
4: what
3: needs to happen is when What's you do your predictions line? for 2019 <laughs> yeah. can you make sure everything is defined yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like very very clearly. Like, yeah. Footnote cross, you cross you reference. <laughs> Luke, <laughs> like like if, if
0: you need I'm happy to supply Matt services because okay. he can explain <laughs> and explain <laughs> and explain <laughs> and explain <laughs> so that there's no room for, uh, for error or misinterpretation, whatsoever, and, and
2: yet I get misinterpreted all the time.
0: Okay. Twenty-two episodes to define one beer. It's because beer people style. nod off by the time you get to the bit that actually
4: services your point. Luke, <laughs> brewpub. Okay, okay. What I want to say is a brewery that I can go and have a drink at okay. is a brewpub. Yeah. That's nice and simple. And I, okay. know, I know you disagree, but like, I, don't, yeah. I don't think it matters.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, ha, ha, So has it been from this year to next year? I think there has been a lot so more. So last year to this year, do you think it's the the model? If you were going to open a, a brewery, to me. And, and this goes no further than this room, and I know nobody listens to this shit. <laughs> but in all honesty, if you were going to open
4: just a brewery tomorrow, I'd, I'd say you're mad as a cut. Yeah, snake. you're crazy. Yeah. yeah, and I think
0: because it's just getting too crowded now.
4: And it's kind of it's kind of cool seeing people like Fallon say in, in Brisbane, um, Bonehead here in, in Kensington, yep. where they're just offering a small Hemingways, which you uh, Hemingway's? mentioned up in camps,
2: yep. which is a great example yeah. of a
1: but r- it doesn't
0: really it, scale is almost. Not part of it. Like brew pub, we kind of used to think of um, almost, I guess, like, uh, say, the Loaded Dog or um, Redback Brewery back in the day, um, the G-Bung Polo Club, those sorts of things. Well, probably now, in retrospect, you'd say you'd define them as as brew pubs. Yeah. But the reality is that um, they were small, cosy, and they were doing what everyone else wasn't. Yeah. Whereas brew pubs now, I think, it's
4: more, it's that all-round experience. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and there's a, yeah, my prediction was there'll be a lot more, and I think there is. Uh, I, I was kind of expecting more from, say, Goose Island, which I mentioned in the article. I don't know mm. where their brew pub's at. How much
2: do you think that Matilda Bay experience, their hospitality experience... Perhaps burnt b- them. Burnt them, because you've seen Lion yeah. has really gone large in their um, well, hospitality like offering. Ten,
4: ten James Squires now, and they're like they're rolling out quietly when no one's really paying attention, and they're... Now they've got three but, but that's because, like, around Melbourne now. That's
0: really smart because they've, they've linked up with ALH mm. and that's their bread and butter. That's what they were really good at. They yep. weren't great at beer, and the but mantle they were good group, at doing... Yeah. The, the Mantle Group in Queensland, in Queensland and New South Wales. Yeah. Um, but then they've and, also had the Justin Little Creatures... Amy, um, the, Mariner, uh, the the whatever the group is in um, in New South Wales. But the Little There's Creatures the team well.
2: um, you know, were always really good hospitality. We've seen people yeah. like Ash Hazel move to Felons yeah. in, in Brisbane and yep. start to transplant Christian some of them. Uh, Ash Cranston, <laughs> what? Do I, uh, Ash, yes, sorry.
4: Ash is at collusion. Ash is still Ash doing really well. Another, at the another great venue. And sorry, sends Ash. his love. Thanks for asking <laughs>
2: um, But yeah, so so, d- d- how much do you think? Because when you say that Goose Island hasn't, um, do you d- do you think that there might be any Matilda Milti- Bay
4: um, burnout from that? I don't think so. I think CUB is so so. Uh, I guess siloed. I don't know if the Matilda Bay people are making those same decisions for the Goose Island people. But it's uh, the same division,
2: s- isn't it? It's the same. Like they, they only have one somebody who works for CB. Uh, <laughs> Someone <laughs> who works at <laughs> CB that can. Yeah, Nicolette was very, open. very confident there, <laughs> <laughs> or that has worked. No, they're the, they're the ones yeah, under, they, they under, under the dust sheets. They've, They've got, got yeah, that amazing uh, new uh, innovative beer but that, that, Bay that straight from the innovation but pipeline. Matilda
5: Bay, <laughs> as we knew it, is not. Matilda Bay, as it is now. What are you no. talking about? It's Australia's <laughs> oldest
2: craft brewery. <laughs> 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 <Like> <laughs> I don't we, we, we need an effects mic out there because people are actually yeah, but, laughing but
4: at my Tilda gags. Bay spot. Like no, that's all right, we'll, we'll put some candle out it. now its own brand. And it, it spun out, so. so. Yeah. I guess, in summary, there are a lot, of, a lot more brew pubs than there were. Yeah. Yep. so well, I think well, I was right. Good work, but, Luke. but not necessarily, not, <laughs> n-
3: not necessarily in the shape you were expecting.
4: Yeah, yeah, but
0: it's yeah. not a test or anything. But you're one from one so far. Thank Luke, you. What was number two? I don't know, uh, Matt. I've you've got it on your your phone. Uh,
2: more,
0: more <laughs> brew pubs, more pale lager.
4: Yeah, there's lots of lager. You, well,
0: you're,
2: you're
4: a big fan of pilsners. I do love a pilsner. Um, one of the things I noted coming here today—it's been a while since I've been to the tap house. Truma Pils is no longer on. Wolf of the Willows Pilsner is on. Uh, So seeing a local pilsner on here knocking off, you know, the icon of of lager, it's a big change. Um, So, yeah, we've seen a lot more lagers.
2: I'm actually really surprised to see... I'm a big um, fan and talk a lot about regionality and you you do see the cultural terroir. So Queensland, where I'm from, it's much hotter. You expect to see lighter flavoured beers. And so we've got some really good um, pilsners up there. I find it really interesting that Melbourne has really kicked along and making some really, really strong pilsons as well. The Wolf of the Willows, uh, I had at the start, just as, and yeah. we've, we've actually got Scotty's a, just Scotty right in there. the back. Um, uh, the artist formerly known as
0: the Enigma Pills. Was it Enigma, Enigma Pills when it first started? Yeah. Which is an absolute crack, And I'm not saying that, you know, I was one of the first to try it and recommended that Scotty dial back the dry hopping of the Nibgit, but the <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna, all I'm going to say is the second iteration is absolutely deluxe.
4: Um, the one example that I, I love is the Trailblazer from Two Birds, where it's...
0: Which, which received, it's fair to say, a shitload of criticism from, you know, I guess craft beer forum, you yep. know, Facebook yep. groups and that sort of thing, because it was bland and boring.
4: yeah that's fine as if
0: like, or if you're going to do a lager at least do one yeah because I guess going back um, and I've always been because at the end of the day anyone who's you know been got their drinkers certificate if you like in the um, their drinking license in the last ten years started out on mainstream lager because <laughs> because it was all that was available um, and it wasn't that it was it was bad or it was terrible it's just that there wasn't an alternative hmm. and I feel and I'd be interested to get James and, and Luke's view, I think a lot of the um, the bad name that lager has got was derived in part from from the brewers because yep. a lot of them were saying, oh, it's, it's not craft. That, that, that There was almost a feeling that, well, actually, it's, it's bloody hard to make a really good one and economically, I can't afford to tie up tanks for 42 days minimum. I, I need to be pumping out ales that I can sort of turn around in five to seven.
3: I had a conversation with uh, Scotty's... Um Partner down in Cheltenham, uh, Derek from Bad Shepherd, when they were releasing their Reserve Road draft, which was do, you know going to be their sort of locals beer, and they couldn't work out what to call it because he goes, look, it's, it's a pilsner, but we think if we call it a pilsner, it will basically go against the mission of what we're trying to do, which is like it's an everyman's beer but we're not sure if lager is the right thing to call it and we're not sure if it should be draught. And in the end, after going back and forth, having lots of conversations, if you look on the cans, it says reserve road draught underneath Pilsner.
1: Pilsner. <laughs> yeah. It's like
3: he couldn't but, let but it so go. He's like, had... I just want you to know that this is a Pilsner though. You know? But so I think so he, that's he what saw Kolsch,
2: like um, Four Pines, genius. They had a beer that was, for all intents and purposes, lagerish, but they called it a Kolsch. And so it made it sound a little bit more exotic. And then you can sort of say it's a German pale ale. And so you have something that appeals to a certain palate, but then you've got this name that gives it this um, credibility. You don't have to call it a and pale lager. And then you
3: go to their pub in the Northern Beaches, the one in, is it in Newport, and people think it's Grolsch, they'll have another two Grolsch. <laughs> and the, star, and the oh, staff yeah. have been told, just ignore it and just serve them the
4: colch. Just power
0: and on through. And
3: that's fine. It. Yeah, yeah, I was
0: there, heard someone do it. They went, but no, when the homebrewers come in asking for the empty swing-top bottles yeah. <laughs> to <laughs> put their homebrew Because so that used to be the, the gold standard for homebrewers. So the,
4: the name of Pilsner versus Draft, um, when Three Ravens, they struggled so with the Thornberry, name. Thornbury lager. Thornbury lager, and then people were concerned, or people didn't know why they were paying so much more for a lager. Yeah. So then they had to rebrand it pilsner, which they wanted to do at the start, but they didn't think anyone would buy it. So it's kind of that people don't. The, the general person <laughs> that just wants a lager doesn't expect to pay more than you know twenty exactly. bucks. Exactly. And to
0: Matt's point, probably the first and still one of the best. Um, at, at Lagers, at, at, oh, sorry, colshes, and one that I have a lot of fondness for is the original Red Hill Gold Nail. Mm. And I said, "Why? Why are you calling? It? Well, nobody knows what a colsh is, so Kulsh. we've said Gold Nail, but now they've changed it yeah. to, to so it's it, it's one of those things, I guess, where it's all part of the the journey. I and I want to actually get Zoe
2: to come up because this is very
0: much marketing. we are we are leaning into the marketing. Yeah, no, we're, we're
2: sort of talking in, in what's in a name, and so it's why we had the spare. So seat. One, of the, one of one of the uh, stellar guests that we've really uh, enjoyed having and we've probably had more feedback about uh, big round of applause ladies and gentlemen so we away out. from, from Toto marketing. Toto marketing. Um, totem marketing totem marketing but we really have probably had more feedback um about guests uh, with, with you zoe so thank you very much for joining us. and thank you very much for being a regular on the uh, podcast when you find time um I know. I, if I, for I no other reason that you I keep know. us from being 100% male, stale and pale. I, I, I know we do record um, at a really awkward time for you. Um, but talk, talk to us. How important is a name for a beer? You can have a cracking beer, but how important is the name on top of it?
6: Um, it's oh, very important. Um, it's important to have a name that's memorable as well. So obviously we live in a sea of pale ales, so the ones that... Um, and not just pale ales, the ones that stand out, um, you know, if we say juicy, if we say furfy, talking about cultures, furphy, the furfy drinker doesn't identify as that, they, yeah. it's furphy. Um That's probably the strongest example that we've had in the last you know, one to two years of really the name overseeding the style and being memorable in the consumer's memory.
0: So why is it that you, you use the example pale ale, now pale ale... And um, I guess this is the experience that Matt and I have had working at the Echo, where you're really working with, not not working off a lower base, um, but you're certainly working off a, a less educated um, base, I guess is fair to say. Um, 150 Lashes is a pale ale. And then in the middle, you've got, say, Cooper's pale ale, which is a pale ale. But then you've also got Hop Hog at the other end, which is a pale ale. And yet... There's not the criticism of, oh, I bought this thing as a pale ale and it just wasn't a pale ale. Whereas with the others, lagers, Pilsner's, there seems to be. Is it because lager's just been around with us forever and so we're not used to, you know?
6: Yeah, maybe that's just the Australian beer culture where to us lager was whatever your state you grew up in was, like, I'm an Adelaide girl so that would have been West End and that's how I knew a lager to be. Um, With the rise of craft beer beer stopped being beer and it started being pale ale and just like wine and you have a sablonk or a riesling that might go from sweet to dry we started bringing that same attitude into beer and people start going okay well a pale ale could be one extreme to another and and maybe that's just the history that lager has to get over just of the the the, the place it's had here in the Australian beer culture today well, we saw that with
2: chardonnay in you know going back to the it's late 80s Cardonnay, early right? 90s What's that? It's
0: pronounced <laughs>
2: Um When which is what killed it? You know, like I, I, I'm old, unfortunately old enough to remember uh, mum going off with a carton of cool bar Moselle, and there was always you know this is the late 70s, and there was one caftan wearing couple who had a bottle of white wine they'd picked up on their sort of jaunt through the South Australian wine was it, region. It wasn't blue nun was it? No, it, no, it was. It, it was probably Wolf Blast or something like that. But um, um, and then suddenly bottled wine swept through and it was Chardonnay and then Chardonnay became a bit of a caricature of itself and no one wanted to drink Chardonnay for quite a while and Riesling was a little bit the same and then you you, you do see these things how but I mean how much that the flavor profile mattered less than the varietal name that they were coming out within I, I mean is that actually a blowback effect
6: yeah um so my background before beer was wine and I definitely um in my wine days, we were seeing the ramifications of that. Just so many... Um, Australia was just overplanted with vineyards, basically, and especially with um, Chardonnay, um, where it is starting to make this um, comeback now. And um, and it doesn't have to be this unwooded Chardonnay. It's actually coming back the way it was, probably not as oaky, but it stopped being this daggy drink.
0: Is lager kind of getting the same, you know, renaissance in that now people are going, okay, the brewers are accepting, you know what, yeah. not only we can brew bloody good lagers, but we need to have one in our portfolio.
6: Well, uh, I really hope so, because beer shouldn't be this like single path where um, if it's not hoppy enough, it's not good enough, or if it's not sat, like, it shouldn't be the extremes. Like, if beer, do, do you think beer we've moved away from,
0: if it's not a hop monster and a, a pallet shredder, then it's not craft?
6: Absolutely. I think the last two years have definitely shown that more than anything with all the different like sours and the different flavoured in dark beers coming out that um, I think Gabs is probably a huge example of that. When like the very first Gabs I went to year one, it was ev- it was so hot dominant, like everything was hot to the max. I was probably one of a handful of females there. Even with the blokes, most guys had you know the typical beards. You go now; it really is a breakfast of everything. Like it is completely. Any flavour profile was there now. So I think that's probably a huge litmus test Actually, right Actually, just there. on
0: that, I do have to say, there were lots of females at the very first Gabs. I have very, very <laughs> fond memories. But they were all walking around with a face like a drop pie because mm. what had happened was you'd have five knucklehead mates and they'd one of them had managed to talk Drag their along. girlfriend into driving yeah. them there and back. And she was just wandering around, watching these guys just get progressively nutted. Yeah.
6: Where if you go now, like the last Gabs I worked, we it's had groups, groups. Of coming yeah. up and asking me, deliberately what they wanted. They knew what they wanted. They were there with their girlfriends. It's, I think yeah, the Australian craft beer scene has changed so dramatically in the last five to six years, without a doubt.
4: I think one of the things we forget as well is there are so many people that do not care if it's a pale ale or a lager, but they want something local. Um, or they want to know the brewers and they they see... say I've seen you at a beer festival or whatever. I want to buy your your beer. And that that comes back to the the Two Birds Trailblazer where if you go to the Women's AFL in Footscray, everyone is drinking Two Birds Trailblazer. Probably people don't care what hops in it. They don't care what malts in it. But it's a local beer. They can drink at the footy. It might cost two bucks more than VB. Yep but I can support them. Is that
0: similar too to, say, Newstead doing the... Um, yeah, yeah. Yep. Ballymore Oval. And, and I think and we the forget that there's Red.
4: so many people that just want to do that. They don't want to think about it more than that, and that's, that's a great segment of the market that I think breweries are kind of starting to... Rule number
0: to one, never hand control of the microphone <laughs> over to the heckler.
4: <laughs> uh, um, uh, starting to tap into.
3: I was just turning around the other way, from a, a brewer's perspective, who, or from the industry perspective, who do you think craft lagers are actually for?
2: Well, I'm going to Ooh. turn that question on its Ooh. head and ask yeah. Is.
0: <laughs> but. <laughs> matter of fact, I've got it Well, now.
2: No, no, I'm actually going to turn that. Ask the same question, but ask a different way. Are craft lagers the death of craft beer? Because when so much of craft beer was a reaction against the lagers that went before, and we're now starting to find, you know, they're, they're very good lagers, but for the average palate, um, once you do start not drinking it for the flavour hit or the flavour bomb, it comes down to other things. Price is one of those things. And we never, craft, small little craft breweries are never going to be able to compete on the same scale as the, the mega breweries. And is that going to be the slow death of craft beer because they can't compete for beers that are very much the same unless they can tell a story?
3: Is this the Godwin's law of Radio Brews News? As soon as Matt pronounces the death of craft beer, <laughs>
2: oh no, I, I'm not. not no, I'm, I'm not pronouncing the death of craft beer. But is is, is that going to be the gravity that drags craft beer back down?
3: I not I think it's probably more that they don't wor- worry about having to fight against that stuff anymore. It's kind of like okay. That was a, a useful thing to fight against when we were trying to prove that we were something different. I say we in the collective sort of yeah, beer the royal kind we. Of thing, and, and it, was. We, it
0: was it was and not what yeah. are we offering? It's uh, what have we got that's
3: different? And you had to you had to yeah. fight against that what up until not? probably 2013, 14 ish. People were still going, it's a fad, it's going to go, and then you kind of felt it's not a fad anymore. Now it's become <laughs> a very different way. Um, it's kind of going a bit crazy. We'll see how that all pans out in the next couple of years. But I think it doesn't need to fight against not being lager anymore. And it can go, you know what, we actually really enjoy drinking these beers and let's try and make them well. But I still just wonder where, who the drinker is. Because, you know, I think it's more, I guess, well-versed or whatever drinks. Kind of, you know, what? I do actually love a good lager. or you know, This more Hella style or a good pills or whatever. You really enjoy drinking it. But when there's so many different breweries and venues to check out, the chances are you're going to go and find something else other than that. And are you going to entice someone who's a lager drinker away to just drink your lager that's slightly better when it's going to cost them thirty dollars a carton more? So I just wonder. What, you know, yes, it's something they might want to have. I'm still not sure that it's going to be the beer that's going to win over a whole new segment of people. To yeah, to perhaps perhaps, perhaps it just sector.
0: becomes you know, the the wedge beer. So you're out for a night and you might start off you know with with something. Oh, you walk in the afternoon, you give me an eight percent IPA, and I'm like, can someone give me a lager, please? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and and you have it you know almost as a as a, a pellet. Cleanser, or you know, like a, a bit of a, a resetter. Ah, yeah. We should point out. Uh, very much uh, thanks to, to Brick Lane, to Wolf of the Willows, and to um, should I mention Fixation for bringing along Squish. Oh, Tommy, you forgot. You, f- you left
4: <laughs> forgot the Squish.
0: Uh, Andy left his phone at home. So, guys, you were going to have Squish, anyway.
4: I, I, I do have to note, I saw Tom on the bench at, at a, a punk rock gig last night, and I th- he's wearing the exact same T-shirt. Uh, <laughs>
0: Busted.
4: Um, one uh, of the things I, I guess I, w- I would like to say is... Busted isn't punk. <laughs> um, I think we're also somewhat dismissive of lager in the sense of we put lager into the same category. So the way we're all talking about it is saying, oh, lager is lager is lager, but you know, this Brick Lane does have a unique flavour profile. And I think uh, Sow and Piglet, the newish brewery that's opened up recently, I um, had their Kolsch and their medicine side by side. And they were completely different beers and they were real beautifully subtle. And I think appreciating that nuance between, say, the, you know, you talk about the Enigma Pills from Wolf of the Willows versus this. They are a lager, but they do have a, a nuance that I think people can enjoy as well. And I think yep. yeah, it's, it's easy to lump them in as, as being, oh, OK, you've just made a lager for the crowd. But you can still do a lot within that, that profile. And look, you're, you're quite right, attitudes definitely are changing.
0: I hosted a, a dinner um, for a beer festival recently and one of the guests who uh, we were having a, a dinner the, the night before and I said to the guys, just it's not a beer matching thing, so it's just like, just bring along whatever whatever you want to showcase, that's fine. And the proprietor may or may not have said to one of the guys, I can't believe you just bring in your XPA. Haven't you got something more exciting? So it's not even like we've... the, the <laughs> You know, the, the median has shifted yeah. again. Oh, just the XPR. Imagine someone Can you turning like up a, a Double XBA IPA in
4: 2012 and everyone went, what the hell is it, that? Exactly. <laughs> X. Which
0: brings us nicely into uh, number three. Is it IPAs?
2: It, well, it, it is IPA. Uh, so I kicked ahead. Um, IPA. You're Did right. anyone see this bizarre world of sour milk? Now, what, the f- what is a sour milkshake IPA? Talk us through that.
4: I don't know. I'm, I'm still I trying to get I my head know. around I'm, I'm still getting IPAs. around the uh, they're, they're pastry, pastry IPA. People no, are doing pastry stouts. People are doing vanilla milkshake IPAs. Um, after Gab's last year, I left Gab's thinking I never need to drink vanilla in an IPA again. <laughs> there was so much vanilla. The one that springs to mind is the Big Shed Boozy Fruit. Yeah. Uh, yep. And it's, you know, labelled an IPA. I don't, I don't know if it's an IPA. I don't, it's so confusing. Uh, lots of fruit, lots of lactose, lots of things. At the
0: risk of um, perhaps mentioning a certain type of IPA for the 23rd episode in a row, what would be your favourite IPA that's currently new and interesting? Oh, the Moon the Moondog Brute IPA. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the Moondog Brute IPA. He says, IPA. "As Scotty yep. McKinnon <laughs> from <laughs> Wolf of the
0: Willows, who's <laughs> kindly brought along Have some." Have you tried uh, the Moon Dog IPA? Yeah. Hey,
2: hey, Luke, what's your favourite process behind
0: it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, welcome, Scotty McKinnon. Welcome yep. from Wolf of the Willows. Round of applause for Scotty.
2: Okay. Wait, wait, hold on. I just want to ask Luke, um, seeing his favourite brewed IPA
4: isn't his own. Um, what's your favourite book?
1: Oh, uh, <laughs>
4: <laughs> uh, please say 2014, Critics' Choice. Ke- keg bottle can if you're looking for Christmas presents uh, in all good bookshops.
2: Oh, so you like your own book, yeah. but you
4: don't like your own beer? Well, I mean, I make money off my own book. but the, uh, I get publicity <laughs> off the beer, so I, I want the money first. You need a better agent. <laughs> Scott, tell us about brewed IPAs. Where do they come from?
7: Well, this all started with a uh, a, m- a meeting one day where uh, we're just having a beer with Luke and uh, obviously, unfortunately, I don't get to keep an eye on what's actually happening overseas as much as I used to, so I always try to tap into his knowledge and uh, use him as a bit of a brains trust. And uh, brood IPAs were something that we started talking about, uh, he and Dave and myself, and uh, I'm like a dog, I'll, I'll chase the car that's uh, you know going past me, so uh, the shiny new thing was pretty much at that meeting we decided to move around uh, our brew schedule and uh, get a brewed IPA in tank as quickly as possible and literally, what, 10, 14 days later we had uh, a beer in tank after many emails and phone conversations back and forth. We thought we'd be
0: the first in Australia, but we were third, <laughs> I think. Yeah, I think we, were, we ended up being third, so, yeah. uh, so that's the podium for finish. those for those playing uh, Bruges News Bingo at home. Who was first and second? Uh, so, or sorry, who's claiming that they were the first in Australia with a brewed IPA? Uh,
4: Abbey Calabi and then Backers, and then us. Uh, I think, yeah, yeah, that's yeah.
7: Yeah, a- Abbey Calabi. I think it, it wasn't really. M- Named as that, so to speak. So, uh, but the principle, the brewing principles, which is probably what I hold true, uh, behind the beer were it was a brewed IPA. And then uh, Bacchus, obviously being um, pretty nimble, uh, named it as it was and threw one in the tank.
4: Can I also throw something on the record now that I'm here? Uh, Three Ravens double IPA in December last year used the same enzymes to dry it out. So brand. Okay, without calling Ravens. it a brute yeah, yep. IPA. So, okay. you know, that guy's on the right. got his finger on so the pulse. So, so let's
0: fast forward a little bit, Scotty, and um, all of a sudden, Brute IPA. You know, the, the, the world is your oyster. The, there's a new horizon. The the sun is 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 dawning on this new age of magnificent beer. And some prick rings you up and goes, but isn't this just like, you know, pure blonde? Isn't this just like what we used to criticise?
2: Can, can, I, can I clarify that? That's not
0: quite how I phrased it. Well, me. I haven't listened to all 22 episodes where you've mentioned brute IPA, but in summary, that's kind of how I remember it.
1: Did I love you, how we're getting into this. this did is great. you or Did you or did so you
0: not... So on or about the no, no, the um, no, no, no. probably a bit Scotty, of backstory let, here. The uh, so let's, let's just catch this. Scott the big was shopping. For. He was in the toy shop, shopping for his child's birthday present, and I phoned him. So you've caught him at a you know a vulnerable time. We all, we've all be, we've all been there. We've all been at Toys R Us when we got a phone call.
7: I got some good Lego that day though. It was awesome. Star Wars Lego for <laughs> I, everyone I, in I, the crowd. I, I think uh, I
2: gave suggestions. It was like a ten minute chat about Lego. <laughs> um, that sort of never, I'd never even wrote about
7: should have been much longer but uh <laughs> no so probably to give the backstory there obviously the enzyme that we use is traditionally used by uh, uh commercial brewers to create low-carb beers and uh uh just to throw out to justin from bintani like he and i chatted quite a bit on his experience um working within the macro breweries and obviously us purchasing the enzyme from bintani so uh i was well versed before uh, Matt and my, uh, our discussion about Lego and many other things, Prof. So. But just
0: just to like, to put the set the record straight and to clear the air, there was no offence taken or. Oh, not at all. No, yeah. I think
7: uh, I think what's come out of probably that conversation and brute as a general um, I wouldn't even say category now, but um, as a brewing style is that uh, as. <laughs> craft breweries or independent breweries we can always take something from what the big boys are doing and if that makes the beer better then that's the primary objective um if it's uh yeah if it creates a better product
0: and there's transparency surrounding that
7: as far as i'm concerned
0: so be it from a a consumer and and a retail point of view do you think the name kind of sums up or or encapsulates what it is about the beer because i and um I've heard criticism from some people mm-hmm. in the industry, and we won't sort of mention any names. <laughs> Come on, um, mate. Who are, but some some people who are very well respected in the industry, both here and in New Zealand, their <laughs> um, home country, have have suggested that it, like there's a lot. Of, there is some confusion around brute or, because they think it's either like it maybe a maybe is it a double IPA? Is it stronger?
7: I think there was a certain article written about XPA's in crafty back in the day and that they're still coming in in, in various. Yeah.
3: Fra- yeah. So <laughs> I was going to actually jump in just on brute and wider in the previous topic of the sort of vanilla milkshake IPAs um, Filed a piece this week for Halliday on the rice of lactose being used in all, bunch of beer, you know, all sorts of beers now rather than just milk stouts um, Which gave rise to the awesome thing where I tried to ring Chris Moore from Sailor's Grave And he was taking his son for a walk along the Great Wall of China So I got <laughs> to interview him about lactose <laughs> in cream sours while he was on the Great Wall of China Because I've got really good reception up here which is unsurprising. You can see it from space. Um, Anyway, the point is going to make, I I then spoke to Phil O'Shea from Five Barrel and Wollongong, who's a very uh, smart and sort of well-read and very thoughtful guy. And I asked this question sort of about, you know, is it not just with, you know, vanilla milkshake or pastry, but is is there a danger that people looking from the outside are going to go, this beer thing is just fucking stupid and ridiculous? But his theory was, as long as we find sort of a defined, an almost shortcut way of defining whatever it is that isn't a bottle or a can or a glass, then it's okay. And he sort of used the wine reference that, you know, we're sort of, a, we pride ourselves in Australia, being able to, you know, pick a Pinot from a Shiraz, or you can define what something is. And he goes, as long as you can define quite clearly, and maybe brute isn't working, you know, but, you know, define quite clearly what it is, then it's kind of okay. It's whereas if there's this mess going, here's an IPA, and it's anything from, you know, a vanilla lactose IPA to whatever, then maybe that's where yeah. the confusion is. So well, that was the my point being, if you
0: were going to uh, drop a, a beer on the market tomorrow yeah. and you were going to call it an XPA, you'd sleep well tonight knowing, you know what, it doesn't matter what I'm actually making, XPA is kind of, it, it just seems to have, whether it's X Factor or whatever, people seem to have taken to XPA. Whereas brute is kind of more... Great for puns. Yeah, true. Yeah, but I think Brut, B-R-U-T, when you see it, you know that... If you've come from the wine background and you know it means dry, then perhaps you go, okay, so I've got an expectation that I'm going to perhaps, you know, whatever flavour I'm going to get, it's going to, it's going to, like, shut off like a rat in a trap at the, at the, the back end of the, the palate and refresh my palate ready for the next sip. It's not going to have length. It's not going to have a long, drawn-out bitterness.
4: It's a slow burn. I think if you brute, don't know that... Does brute, yeah, like I th- as I, I, Phil I'd may
0: have mentioned earlier on while we we're having a beer out in the, the terrace that you know, oh, yeah, it's got a, it must be eight percent or something, is it like brute brutal?
2: Call it a dry IPA.
0: Well, see, I, when I first saw it, I thought, is this it like oh, it's gosh. does it dry taste? P- ah, <laughs> so there you go. Does yeah, it now taste so? Like, I was about Italian to say,
5: anyway, <laughs> <laughs> IP <Australia. laughs> there's a whole other market out there for the whole dry IPA, thing. yeah, that's but a really the, good the point, low I mean. mm. and so.
0: So, should we be calling it dry IPR? Okay. Or has, have, the, have the big yeah. guys kind of hijacked the, the dry, Monica, now, though? J- j- just to take a step back, like,
2: one of the reasons that this went on and on and on was... And on. There was a, <laughs> and on. There was a head, headline that talked about blending uh, uh, craft and industrial merging, and I, I think that was overread, and because Prof and I were talking uh, before today about... Um, Eighteen months ago, there was a brewery that used enzymes to create a, um, uh, a low—not a low carb, a uh, gluten, gluten free, reduced, a gluten reduced IPA. Where they'd added enzymes to denature the enzymes. It was uh, closer to maybe two or three years ago. Uh, it was Beard and Brow, it was not it? Brow, yeah, yeah. So yeah, maybe, maybe, it was,
0: maybe it was a couple of years ago, and and I wrote, yeah, yeah. And, and they um, were doing it to denature the.
2: The only reason we got uh, the gluten protein, Chris, on the uh, on on the um, uh, podcast back then was to talk about this. Is this a blurring of the lines between
0: craft beer and industrial beer? Because, but, you know, but when you've got you've got to take that from a, a, a base point of. Um in the same way as James alluded to earlier on, we for a long time, we were, we were in our short pants, we were up against this behemoth, yep. we were up against this, this this bully in the playground, and so the only way we could differentiate ourselves was by saying what we're not. We're, so we're traditional, not, we're not industrial. We're the, the, these things. Exactly. But, so, but even
2: more so, 10 years ago, Lion, um, Nathan, as it was then, uh, tried to bring in this thing called the Natural Beer Promise. Well, they said, we're only going to use natural ingredients in our beer... Um, And so they took tetrahops because they decided that uh, anything with enzymes in couldn't be regarded as natural.
0: Um, Despite the fact that labelling laws, you could could put anything you want in. As long as it doesn't end up in the finished product, you don't need to label it. And and this is something that I've been back and forth with. I've spoken to the brewers. I've
2: spoken to the marketing people. I've heard about the back and forth and the really volatile discussions that took place in the business about what was in and what wasn't. And there was absolutely no way that anything that used enzymes could be called natural in terms of this natural beer promise. Um, And even Tetra Hops was decided. Anything with Tetra Hops in can't be natural beer promise. Now, 4X Gold was its biggest beer at that stage. They actually took Tetra Hops out of 4X Gold so it could be in this natural beer promise. It was such a big marketing campaign for them. Um, and then but it lasted about three minutes because all of these publicans were sending the beer back saying it's flat because there are no proteins in beer to make it foam positive. And the only thing that gave Forex Gold, um, my, in my understanding, was the pre isomerized hop extracts, gave it its head retention. And so they had to backpedal on this entire campaign that they'd spent a lot of money doing to put tetrahops back in because you can't say one minute it's not natural and then it is. Do
3: you think they could have done a test batch at some point?
1: Uh, <laughs>
2: oh, But, but then when it's, once it's out in the wild and you've got publicans pouring it and, and, and that sort of thing... And, and when your so you
0: test batch is 700,000 million litres. Yeah.
7: yeah.
2: And, and, and so, you know, I guess my... And it, this is where context is everything. And I, I didn't give that um, one article any context because I'd gone through all of this uh, background where you'd have sort of seen these things that... This isn't craft, or not, not only this is this not craft, we can't even put this on and call this natural. And obviously, you know, there was absolutely no doubt, and I think we sort of had a bit of a behind-the-scenes conversation. I said, you know, there's absolutely no way that you wouldn't consider um, the Wolf of the Willows Brut IPA natural. Mm. Um, and so that's what drove that, that article. But I, to me, it was the most exciting innovation. You know, you, you can stick meepers up your ass. you can stick milkshake and all of that sort of stuff. They're, they're going to be five-minute fads. But I, I really think that the idea of the brute IPA really has, in some form, longevity because that beautiful hop aroma. Um, and, and one of the things that speaking to, to Scott about it was, you know, I, I think you described it as having no IBUs and the, the, the way that it was used, that there was no isomerization. You just get this no. lovely, I think you described it as a malt pillow for this beautiful hop aroma. And I just sort of thought that was one of the most exciting innovations. Um, And so if this kept going and going and going, it was because I'd written a headline for this article that hijacked the whole discussion of what I was actually trying to say because I just think it's one of the most interesting beer styles that we've seen in, in in the last half decade.
0: So, Luke, before we move on to um, point four, <laughs> yes, once and for all, who oh, was it who in. originally? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> who was it who originally shit canned Matt for shit canning Scott? No one shit canned me.
4: I don't. Well, I don't oh, think. Oh no, I think it was. Oh, it was probably me. I think. <laughs> That's but right. like, oh, I, but I don't think that we, we, that we up. did it back and forth and yeah. in private. Well, because uh, Luke tweeted
2: something, and, and I don't think you understood what I was yeah, saying, yeah. And, and and so, so there would have obviously did he not explain it eight
0: times? Was it?
2: <laughs> and this is why I <laughs> this this where beer is really important. So yeah. because <laughs> and, and, and so I'd seen Luke, and so I replied, and there was, and and I could see that it was one of those conversations that was going to spiral, and so I always take those offline and just have have this back and forth where you don't have this
4: unseemly discussion. Um, I like the I like the unseemly disu- discussion, <laughs> but. No, yeah, but, but like, not in public. Yeah, yeah. No, let's do it in public. Why not? But, all but, right. I, but I think I mean that's. I think it's part of the fun is having that back and forth and finding out what we're all thinking about this and unpacking it. And it's kind of weird, you know, uh, what Matt probably thought was a throwaway comment, what I thought was a throwaway comment, has snowballed into this. Like tension that it, it that did take on a life have, of its own. It's, yeah. it's, it's it's fair to say. I don't know. It
2: was hopefully it wasn't tension. No, but I mean, like, yeah. every, uh, no, no, you're, outside, you're off the hook now.
3: Yeah, yeah, Stop yeah, trying absolutely. to. It yeah, was so bad so enough having yourself. you two fighting. Let's not bring Luke into this. Poor <laughs> <laughs> bugger. But
4: you know, <laughs> we don't <laughs> normally oh,
1: fight in front of the kids.
4: It's, it's the 23 episodes of Rude IPA, which is
0: you know, throwaway comments that we both made. I think it's 22.
1: Okay, 23
0: now. Will's been counting them, so we'll have to ask. So,
2: but actually, just just to sort of step onto
0: that. Does you know, no, no, anyone have anywhere that they need to be? We've got nothing but time. <laughs> <laughs> like the toilet so works, you know. or the bar. <laughs> <laughs> so we're,
2: we're halfway through. No, no, we haven't av- even been
0: have an hour. We're, we're under the cook limit for, but, a, but, but, for a 200th. I yeah, think he but, but, gives
2: but a bit of so, so one of the things that, that fascinated me about it was what other beer styles could you create the same technique? And I was speaking to Dave Padden from Akasha. We sort of talked about it because the 22 episodes of Brews News weren't the only places I talked about it. Um... <laughs> But he said that you couldn't do because I, I was quite. Are you whoring fixated. yourself
0: out to other podcasts now? Oh no, so just, I, I, or I did a just to talk a about discussion
2: in, in um oh, the, the yeah, yeah. meeting oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. session, yep. and we talked about. it. And he said, "Look, you couldn't do it with a uh, an American style pale ale, for example, because it it doesn't have the body. Like the, the, the great thing about using the enzymes with an IPA is it lightens the body, but still gives you the alcohol and gives you everything. If you did it with an IPA, it would just be too thin um, body. What, 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 what do
7: you guys think? Oh, sorry, pale ale." Uh we've looked at using it with sours, for example. So And any uh, one's listening? No, no, look uh it, it does thin the body out, so you've got to consider that from a mouthfeel point of view, but the perception of sourness on the palate will be very much obviously dictated by sugar content. So by having less in inverted commas and broadly saying it, sugar content, the sourness shines through a lot more um i think i think there's a lot of opportunity there personally um other styles that i think it could work with anything with high abv really like where you really want to thin it out and stop that clawing nature on the back of the palate so i
4: I think stout like a good five percent stout would be great pastry stout yeah no just (laughs) keep the pastry out (laughs) (laughs) just you know like a a really nice kind of counterintuitive easy drinking in a can, mm. lovely, beautifully done. Do that, but, but no, the, uh, just, <laughs> before, we, just <laughs> before we move on, uh, actually HBO just, on just before we move on, the
2: other thing I was going to say is that one of the things, and I've, I'm sh- I've either heard it on your podcast or you've written about it, is some of the Belgian brewers who add tetra hops to their beers, and oh, no one yeah. remarks about it.
4: Westfaleren, uh, yeah, yeah, and Saint Bernardus. Saint Bernardus, it's weird. Like you go there and they show you the um, the video, beautifully produced video of the hop field next door we're picking natural hops, you know, where it's all hops go into this. They don't own that hop field, It's someone else's hop field. They literally puncture holes in a can, a big can of hop, like, what is it? Tetra hop or hop, whatever, extract, and throw it into the boil, and then take the can out at the end and all the hops gone in. It's like, it's so weird seeing that beautiful craft, old fashioned brewery and they just, whatever. Yeah, it's a delicious. Yeah, but, but it's a delicious beer, and, and that's. So, so at what point does the end product, does the end justify
0: the means? I guess, or have we moved on from the fact that okay, we we don't need to differentiate ourselves so much from the mainstream now? We can actually dip our lid and and do I guess an homage to what the big guys have been doing, because as Muzzin said, there's no um, the Muzzin from from hawkers who basically sort of said. There's no shame in ripping ideas off the big boys because at the end of the day, their beer doesn't get worse. Like, the, the quality remains the same. We can, we can learn from them in terms of their development of the, the technical side of brewing.
4: And ultimately, it doesn't so do we, really, where we're at? like, it doesn't matter in terms of if breweries are doing things that they want to do or they want to make a product they like and they're not, you know, they're not harming anyone in the process, then go for it. Um, And that's, I think, again, coming back to that trailblazer kind of a thing where, yeah,
0: they're making it. You go back five, seven years, certainly 10 years, you couldn't put out a lager and and have craft credibility.
3: Yeah. I think, I've long said, I think it comes down to the individual consumer. Uh, They can have different parameters on what is acceptable for them. And those parameters probably shift in the environment they're in. If they're at a place where it's a CEP venue, they might allow themselves to have a four pines. You never know. Or they might look at the wine and go, "That's. I'll have a um, water, um, which is good for your waistline." I find, um, but it's going to change from place to place. And I think that, so. The only thing that the industry can do is put as much information out there on the packaging or the can or whatever, so that people have as much information to make an informed decision. And aside from that, if, they, if you are in the independent, craft, small industry, whatever it is, it's your job to tell that story to people so they give a shit, and that's all you can do. You can't force people to make a decision by anything. You can't force people to go, this is craft, this isn't craft. You can just say, here's everything you need to know. Wherever you fall on this spectrum, here's everything. You, know, you decide. You know, and then you hopefully, if you do believe that everyone should be drinking small, local, independent beer, which is here, you hope you can nudge more of them round. And you, you know, it but can't to be me, done that was one stick, of the big things
2: think. because you've got the beer, the beautiful truth campaign that they said, eighty-seven percent of people we surveyed said they want to know what's in their beer, and yet you go to their beer selection and they don't. They, they talk about low-carb beers. We brew them longer. You know, No, you
0: fucking don't.
2: <laughs> you add enzymes to them. <laughs> Sorry, that's an f <laughs> word out of <laughs> well, it. wait until you it. hear well, our new electric guitar outro. Got to be 18, so <laughs> it's, you know. But but and that's the thing. It, it, it's transparency, and that was one yeah. of the things I love most about Wolf of the Willows. They sent out a media release saying this has used amylase or that it's used enzyme to break the thing. There was absolutely no hiding. There was absolutely nothing about it. It was just
3: saying this is how we do it. Yeah. Well, I think yeah. if you're happy with how you operate, then you're happy to talk about how you operate. Um, as Zoe pointed out to me, when we're doing I straight thing, and there's no point operating that way in James and costing yourself loads of money, people don't know. So, there's that side of things as well. I'll get on to it, Zoe. But I think, you know, it, it eventually, I'll read your report soon as well. <laughs> um, but is that, you know, yeah, if you're happy with where you're, how you're operating as a brewer or whatever, then tell people about it. And whether they choose to listen to it or not, it doesn't matter. But, you know, just get it out there and let people be informed. Well, we'll we might keep moving
0: on, we'll then. we we'll 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 finish. Get we'll, we'll get we'll some get. more ice. Um ice. Now, uh, number four. Number you're four. You're hoping to see more memes about Matt Kierkegaard. No, but no, no. Why, why is Matt... Hybrids, <laughs> wines... <laughs> hang on, hang on. This Fairdingham, you are the meme king. Okay.
1: <laughs> Matt. Mirror.
0: Oh, okay. Mirror. Oh, okay. I oh, Does really? Miro listen? Miro is a long-time listener. Okay, he's avoided our calls. I won't calls. say anything.
4: Miro, we'll talk about this offline when you listen.
0: <laughs> um, surely, Matt is is the uh, an absolute pasture, a, 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 an abundant field of material for doing. You want me to meme For Matt? doing memes? Me- well me- memes. Or I don't want to. Or is it counterintuitive because the whole idea of a meme is that you capture the essence of what somebody said in two lines yeah, yeah. and a picture. And also,
4: <laughs> also, you you don't want to be mean about it. I don't. I don't want to. Like, you're saying low-hanging fruit, you should be mean to Matt. A meme is pure. A meme it's is
0: like picking on the slow kid at school, really, isn't it? It's
4: like I'm not saying that at all. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: all right, so actual number four.
4: Okay. Jesus.
0: Something, of, something about vibrance.
4: And, and I have to
2: say that this had one of the best... Unintended uh, puns um, of, of 2018. Uh, it
4: was definitely intended, whatever it was. Yeah, was I was going to say, <laughs> Luke and unintended Talking about puns. hybrid
2: wine spirits, um, talking about Big Shell distil- distilled its golden uh, stout time, Boat Rocker released uh, Dramjet, um, Wolf of the Willows gets a mention for um, In beer- whiskey uh, barrels whiskey uh, while barrel, whiskey is being put back Johnny into beer port. barrels. And, and then having talked about beers uh, made like wine or beers made with grapes... Um, he then goes on to say, I know I'm missing a bunch and I love that.
1: <laughs> oh. <laughs> so you didn't no, ever Definitely that. intended. Yeah. No. no. Yeah. Good so work, Luke. Was, yeah. No. No, not, not intended at all. Nicely
2: yeah. done. Thank um, you. but so, so talk to us about the hybrids wine spirits.
4: Um, I think, or I, I would like, and that's probably an aspirational one for me. I want people to realize that it's just sugar. We're fermenting sugar and like I hate beer versus wine dinners. I hate, you know, pitting ourselves, making it a different market where it's just people wanting to go out and have fun. Um, but we are seeing more of that. Uh, we're seeing more, you know, Willie Smiths, for example. They're part mm. of the beer scene. Um, when you look at like Patrick Sullivan, the winemaker, he's doing beers that you could, oh, sorry, wines that you could put to a next to lambic, and they're they're really similar garage project doing their um what do they call it they've renamed it gp crush yeah gp crush um and yeah so it it is kind of cool and i i I hope and it's probably going to be my thing for next year everyone gets on board with realizing that yeah there's fermented sugar and we can have fun with it um and it's cool seeing more and more things out there
2: just one thing i'll ask you about the Saying that you hate beer versus wine dinners, I, I know exactly what you mean because beer and wine are fundamentally different things. The reason I love beer versus wine dinners is you can get the number of events that I do where people shy away if they, they just sort of picture a Forex Gold commercial. If you talk about a beer tasting, so yeah. if you're doing a, a, a law firm
0: or Belimum Gold Top, or Belimum Gold Top, but or um, that was a great ad.
2: If you do cheese and beer or chocolate and beer you'll get a lot of the female partners turn up um, the, and so say, look, even if I don't like the beer, I'll um, enjoy these French cheeses. Um, and a beer versus wine in will get people turning up and going, oh, look, even if I don't like the beer, I'll drink the wine. And then quite often they'll go, shit, how good was that beer? Um, so it's putting it in the conversation. It's putting it in the conversation and luring people. Um, so it's not actually saying one is better than Pick the other. Pick a side, yeah. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It's yeah. Of saying luring people in. It's bait and switch, essentially.
4: Um, yeah, it's sort of like, like take out the verses, <laughs> put and, <laughs> okay. and then you've <laughs> yeah yeah. I'm doing I'm do <laughs> something with that. <laughs> um, yeah. It's cool to see. Um, and you know, Wolf the Boy is a good example with working with Lark and doing something that's fun and interesting. And you want to kind of, you know, I, I would like to taste. I've still got a bottle. I haven't actually tasted it yet. But the, um, I was going to ask you that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's of my thing. I'll taste it tonight. <laughs> he's sell um, he's cellaring it, Scott. <laughs> Um, You know, it's it's fun seeing people that make good things combine and make something new and unique, and that's...
7: I think that's the important part. That's the only reason we do it, like, realistically. These type of beers or projects are just to keep us interested in what we do. But we've
0: also spoken about this, Scotty, um, over a beer, that it's kind of like... It's like a meeting of the makers. So it's 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 like creative people or artisans. It's like Stone and Wood um, getting surfboard makers on board with the with the Mash Collective, or it's like um, you know the the Lark Barrel Project, where it's not just oh we want to produce a product that's different to what we've done before. It's like no, hang on, we're not only we we we, we talk the talk, but we walk the walk as well. We're happy to get involved with other people who have the same level of passion, but just in a slightly different you know category
7: it's pretty similar to sitting in this room today like sitting around with other people who actually enjoy the experience of taking something tasting and analyzing it probably waxing lyrical too much about it but then actually pushing something out the other side that is a amalgamation or a you know a, a greater sum than the actual uh, yeah where the result originally. is greater than yeah. the sum yeah. of its parts yeah exactly 100%. and uh but the funny thing is i've, lo- I've thought about this a lot there's this Almost silo mentality in Australia because of the tax laws that we have. That you go well, this is wine, this is spirit, this is beer, and the ironic part is that a lot of spirit is made from wine must these days, obviously. And how that comes into the government regulation of it is a pretty interesting point. And um, for me, as a, a brewer and a lover of combining different um, passions or aspects across what we do, like that's the biggest bridge i think we're mentally conditioned to actually look at it that way so
4: it's weird to me that so many vodka and gin makers just buy in ethanol <laughs> like does everyone know that that's just a oh, thing that people like really, so know. so when you think of gin and they've got these beautiful bottles they're making um you know beautiful things and then they're just buying in raw spirit from yeah just basically neutral spirit yeah tea yeah. bagging and, and tea bagging and yeah. like and it 's not a knock on the products like those they make amazing gin out of it
0: this in this year's Australian distilled spirits awards in just the category Australian gins, there were two hundred twenty five or two hundred and fifty entrants just in the Australian gin category and some fortunately well, I guess um, most of the ones that won gold or best in show were made from And and from wine spirit, but they at least distilled them themselves. But there must be plenty out of that two hundred and fifty. Yeah, that are just basically. I guess it's the equivalent of buying in a wort.
4: Yeah, yeah. And And like when you look at Wildflower, he doesn't brew his own beer. He also doesn't call himself a brewery. He doesn't call himself a brewery. Calls himself a blendery. And at the end of the day, like it, and he makes wine, and he makes beer with wine uh, or must, wine must, and. It doesn't matter. Like, it's fine to just combine these things. And something you said about the tax thing, where that's where we think of it as has to be this or that. And, and to be fair, Scotty, that's yeah. probably the biggest, uh, I guess, stumbling block. I reckon
7: for a lot of people. But if you link it back with lagers, and I wanted to say this before, 10 years ago, the brewing equipment in Australia wasn't of a high enough quality at a craft beer level to create true lagers in terms yeah. of cooling and maturation and the like. And I think the beauty of what we're seeing now is this good quality stainless coming into Australia which and supporting equipment that allows us to make proper pilsners, proper lagers, and that's probably, from a brewing point of view, part of the reason why we're seeing more of those beers come on the market because they're able to be put out at a quality that me as a personal brewer and lover of beer I'm willing to put out on the
0: table for consumers. And Scott, are you finding that at a commercial uh, consumer level that you're, I guess, you know, you attract more flies with honey than you do with vinegar? Uh, We've got a a lager or a... uh, Pilsner? (laughs) <laughs> but, but, but but people are no, more but, but people are more likely to I guess come to you or, or have a better a more fuzzy feeling. Well we you spoke towards, towards your brand. Sorry,
7: not to digress to the previous conversation, but if people are gonna pay sixteen, eighteen bucks for a six pack of Furphy or twenty five, twenty six bucks for a six pack of craft pilsner or lager, it's gotta have a point of difference other than the marketing behind it. It's gotta be the quality there. Yep. And if we produce a shit beer that tastes like other Mm. lower um price beers then what's the point why why would that consumer at that moment choose that six pack versus ours and um but that's what i was getting with the spirit stuff of maybe it's a case of the spirit um industry as a a segment hasn't had the brewing capability to produce their own wort to a quality that they're happy with previously that they do Mm -hmm. then import the what or just bring in the white spirit because it it removes a whole lot of variables that we have to deal with on a daily basis. Yeah.
4: Um. That's, um, I think that's the reason why Starwood are doing really well at the moment. Yep. Their their new whiskey twofold. This isn't a Starwood ad or anything. Uh, I just love that whiskey. Um, but they have a brewer. They've got a head brewer that brews the the like Basically spirit. mashes. Yeah, yeah, mashes in. They've got a, a working brew kit there and they put out really good whiskey. Um, and I think it, you know that does make a difference. Look, not to give Lark too much of a rev
7: up, but they are the pinnacle, in my opinion, of the Tassie whiskey industry because they open ferment. So we've actually uh, proposed the idea of taking. So when they open ferment, all their lactobacillus, which is what I personally use, or a lot of breweries use for souring beers, just sits there, drifting into the top of the fermenters. And what we'd like to do at some point is plate that, use it in a beer, and then age it in their whiskey barrels. So you you take the full circle round, but what they've noticed is that they will be able to differentiate the whiskies in their barrels by the time of year they ferment because the lactobacillus is different, different strains in and a different um, yeah. saturation yeah. depending on whether it's spring, summer or a Now that to me takes whiskey and distilling from just being a spirit-based uh, product that you add shit to to being actually something that you from the ground up build and then through the maturation process give further character to it.
2: The most exciting thing to me about that is that you're really adding value to the concept of beer. Um, you're adding value to the concept of whiskey and all of these products that can be commodities. You're telling this story that nobody else can recreate at a, at a like that macro industrial level. You're really sort of, uh, and that is that way that you provide the underpinnings to the value of small independent breweries.
3: Have you found if you brew your acidulous beers or other souring beers at different times of year it makes a difference or is it so controlled within your brewery that it doesn't make any difference for now? Uh,
7: At the moment no Uh, because we do inoculate with um, uh, basically a lactobacillus that (laughs) we don't want it to be uh, dictated by the environment because otherwise I've got Derek bringing down my uh, <laughs> shoulder going, what's did, going on, mate? Because but but you, know, s- you mentioned that with Lark. I know
3: um, it's the nearest brewery to my house is La Seren, mm-hmm. and they've, I guess, got their house strain or strains now. That probably does fluctuate over time. That they, they have been, I don't know, they've been taking 130 isolates or whatever. They work with a dozen now. There's a whole bunch that are in their sort of house mix. Um, but they, the first two or three times they did 100% spontaneous ferment for their first wild repel, it was basically... In winter, as cool as it gets, you know, outside the yard by the creek. But then one year they went, let's just stick it out there in summer and see what happens, which is a total no-no. And it was probably their best wild trip to date. It was a different beer, but it came out very differently. And I, I still think they're favouring the cooler climate doing it. But, you know, that's why I, I wonder whether, you know, they're still making whiskey all year round. So they're going to be getting different sort of characters then. And you wonder, just because people are saying, oh, we can't make Canteon at this time of year, and that's probably got a reason, because Canteon has to have a particular characteristic. Is that the truth, though? Eh? doesn't mean, well. They, he, but they won't. I mean, they yeah. do say that they, they won't make it outside that that, win, that window. Um, but is it that you can't, or just that you're going to get something else? I mean, that's the whole thing with beer now, isn't it? That you're just going to get something else. <laughs> you know, that's what we're kind of doing. And I was thinking before, just slight like sidetrack with your predictions. I wonder whether it's easier to sort of hit a target now because there's just so much happening. I remember maybe four or five years ago, the year probably Boat Rock and Mitter first came out. I don't know whether it was on Crafty or maybe in Halliday going, next year is going to be the year of Sours. And then it just sort of trickled along. I'm like, bullshit, oh, I've got it wrong. <laughs> this next year, is going to be, and it never happened. Then, but I never expected even then that it would get to the level it's gone now where you've got pub owners going, I will be crucified by my punters if there's not one on. It does seem the last two or three years, it's got to the point where everything is just, you know... Everything's happening. Sorry, there's like three things at once there. But you know, <laughs>
0: I've been saying it so quietly. <laughs> well, I, I remember talking to Tommy Delmont, because he's in the room. Um, but a few years back, we were talking about sours, and Tommy, it was you who shared the numbers with me that the actual percentage of, of sours, even at like at their height of um, I guess uh, hype, was something like you know point seven percent or something of the uh, of the market. So. Even though they might be the ones that, are, um, I I guess, have that excitement about them, they're not necessarily ready to be a bread and butter beer. But secondly, um, and and, and perhaps more importantly, it's sort of, is it important that sours are the ones that often bring non-beer drinkers? So we we often talk about, oh, we've got to get the guy who's drinking Carlton Draft or, or to his new or whatever
4: to try this beer. And they're, they're the hardest people to get over. Yeah. It's the people that are going to come to a sour yeah. that Whereas somebody
0: who's whose only ever experience of, of beer was a two newer or a VB he says, no, I don't, I don't want to drink beer. I don't, I don't like beer. Well, hang on, try this. But let's face and it, one of the, the things that
2: created such excitement in the modern generation of craft beer was that in-your-face bitterness because it's so easy to get. Like sometimes yeast characters can be a little bit so subtle. Um, yeah. Malt can be a little bit subtle, but yeast, you get it straight away. And I think sour is the, the, the same sort of thing. There's no missing the point um, with a sour beer. And you know Pacific well, Sour, which you guys have just brought out, beautiful beer that's got lovely characters, but
7: then it's got that really nice, refreshing sourness. I think the the, the critical thing for people if they're new to craft beer is to go... This is this. This is that, and they should be able to get it without having to think too much about it. And like the classic thing I always use is sour worms. If you enjoyed sour worms as a child, yeah, yeah, Um, that to me is easily, as you pointed out, Matt, easily identifiable um,
0: because it's so different to taste on the palate. Correct. Uh, What we might do, Matt, now is just take a quick word um, with thanks to our sponsors and supporters. We also
2: thank our sponsors. Malt and also Rallings labels. Brewers, if you are looking for an easier, more effective way to do smaller runs of labels, get in touch with Rallings. If you order printed cans, then you must order a minimum quantity of 60,000 plus. Sleeve cans look and feel just like printed cans, but with a smaller minimum order quantity. Labels on cans sometimes really miss the mark if you do not get your design right and can look cheap and unappealing, which means the punter can choose another beer over yours. Rawlings labels, stickers and packaging supply fully sleeved and palletised cans ready to be filled. They will also print and hold the sleeves and supply in batches as needed for each brew to make cash flow and storage easy. Pay for the printing up front and then pay per can and application as needed. We thank Rallings for helping us with the resources we need to keep this podcast going.
0: We should point out, too, they have already had inquiries having been introduced. I, I can't to say who it
2: was, but apparently, after the first uh, ad that they did, they did get phone calls. They got phone calls looking for people wanting to get uh, sleeve cans. Every so. Day. There we are. That's the the awesome juggernaut that is Bruce News Marketing. Exactly. Uh, Does anybody so, have any ads that they want to run? So <laughs> there's your chance.
0: No, buy, we, buy we, my we, book. my uh, ad. <laughs> buy Luke's hey, book. Hey, actually, very very quickly. Coming up, I'm just up to gonna Christmas.
2: Dinner topic: um, copyright and label issues. Uh, the week before last, we had a really really great conversation uh, with Zoe, um, and one of the things we talked about was Coopers. And last week when we did the follow-up to that, I, I remarked um, that I was going through uh, Keg Bottle Can, um, Great book that was released and perfect Christmas present. Great yep. stoff, stocking stuffer for anybody with an interest in beer. Thank you. Um, oh. can, can and those who don't yet
3: know they've got an interest in beer. Couldn't yeah. help yeah. notice, but and glaring
2: omission. If, if you don't
0: have an interest in beer, it'll ignite your interest in beer. Exactly. Um,
2: but one of the well, things well, I...
0: Almost as good as 150 beers, great Australian... Um, the one that James wrote was really good Two. as well.
4: Well, James, G- James no, a co-author no, on, on, was on that. Was co-author, contributor. Just the one. Yeah, the second so. one was shit. He gets a percent, <laughs> He gets a percentage on everything.
2: <laughs> but what I was going to say was, we were talking last week about the 9.1 percent decline of Cooper's um, sales, um, and I was flicking through uh, keg, bottle, can, and I noticed that it would have to be the first beer book in probably a generation. That didn't tip its hat to Cooper's Stout, didn't Cooper t- tip its hat to Cooper's Sparkling, yep. and I, I, I was I was interested. i mused last week. Now was that uh, an oversight? Like it was just it, it wasn't a beer
0: that um, registered, or <laughs> no, do you no, just hate it. it? But
2: it was it was a beer that just sort of didn't register when you came to write the book. Is it the Christian it lobby thing? Is it the Bible
4: Um I'm going to say 90% the Christian lobby thing. Um, for yeah, sure. See so you laughing. Uh, me I don't. I don't. I know him better than you do. I'm not super comfortable with how that went down, uh, and I know they do a lot of good work. And I know they've done a lot of good work for beer, um, but also, to be honest, I don't know how well. God, this is going to be controversial. I don't know how well Coopers holds up as a beer that I want to drink anymore. Uh, not that many occasions that I really want to drink Coopers. Outrage. Thank you. I, I, I love wine, so. Um, but, like, you know, when you look at... Like, it's a remarkable beer, and I think it's made Australians more accepting of cloudy beer, unfiltered beer, yeast uh, aromas. To be honest, though, I don't really want to drink it. In your humble opinion, they've tripped up once. Yeah, and... and but In like, 158 years. I, I As I said, I have Six. so much respect for them, but... Don't have to like. I don't have to pay homage to that. Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. Like I can yep. say that with respect, but if I want to talk about the the current world of beer that I'm interested in, and,
2: and that's why I asked the question because there, there, there were a couple of you know was it just it wasn't on your radar, um, yeah. and, and I know because I think the other great conversation it can't not we be had on your radar. <laughs> I, I think the other conversation we had offline was around the whole Coopers thing. Yeah, was yeah. Um, I, I thought that. When you went in on Coopers last year, um, that they were almost collateral damage in the...
0: Because they're very conservative. They're very fusty. Yep. They're,
4: but know, they've never pretended to be anything else. They've never pretended to be cool and... and so, I mean, I guess why I yep. went in so hard... And I, I went in probably the hardest I've ever been on a brand. Yeah, no, exactly. And, that, and I think it was upsetting because it looked like they branded their whole... It looked like they were co-sponsoring uh, a really um, ingenuine discussion about gay marriage where they said, hey, we all are against gay marriage. We're all against this and we're drinking Coopers, but we're having a good discussion about it. But they and it weren't. Was, that, I know. And that's, yeah, 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 yeah. And I and I did retract my... And I said, you know, Coopers actually weren't... But it looked like at the time it was a Coopers ad. And if you even to look at it now, it's still, you know, everyone's like, and we're, we're having this discussion about gay marriage... Even though we hate the gays, which was, let's face it, that was the tone of the discussion with also, the Cooper's branding.
2: Actually, I, I actually to, yeah. To be
4: fair, love the sinner, not
3: the sin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And can yeah, I just anyway, can, can yeah. I say but, but, if you're well. going to do it again, don't do it on Golden Plains weekend because Will and I got into the car. <laughs> <laughs> Tur- we, we, t- we, turned, we turned on our phones for the first time in three days. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was st- I was blowing under. It was good to go. But, you know, we didn't need to see this as going off and going, oh, well, Well, Will, you're in the passenger seat. You're doing the story. (laughs) I'll drive. I I
2: was in Adelaide that weekend, and i just interviewed Tim Cooper. Um, And I'd sat down, had this sort of hour uh, chat with him, and I was in the Uber on the way back to my hotel room, and James Atkinson, who was then editing Bruce News, flicked me a a media release, sort of saying, what do you think of this? And I said, oh, yeah, I saw that. There's nothing in it. We're not going to run it. (laughs) <laughs> and then, you know, because, again, it was just one of those things that I, I knew that there was just something, oh, I mean, that, that's just so Cooperish about it. But then, and, and Luke, if you ever if you ever doubt uh, the, the influence you have, I mean, you were the um, flame to the
4: touch paper. Um, I got so many hits on my website that yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, that no, was no, so no, like, no. like 100,000 hits in two days. But Crazy. I, I, but I
5: just have a little question, which is probably a little bit watered down now, based. On Let's go to questions the from the our the audience, d- shall we? Carrie-Anne. <laughs> <Sorry>, <laughs> just letting the discussion flow a little bit. And I, I have a bit of a question in terms of um, the whole Cooper's feel and Mountain Goat being such a big part of the original craft beer scene and maybe not so much now and your opinion on where Mountain Goat fits into that. Because obviously I help moderate a, a fairly large... Facebook group and it's very interesting to watch people that go oh we're so anti-international so anti buyout what have you and yet oh my god the new mountain goat rare breeds out and all into it so I'm kind of interested in that opinion
2: because Cooper's seasonal beers are terrible
5: <laughs> <laughs> they oh, no, are right
2: that, 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 <laughs> op- that IPA they did, was the worst beer of that year the, the, it, w- it was really when they launched it at Gabs um, Australia something A. It was just terrible. Like it, it, it was boring, and like I've always been a huge fan of their um, vintage ale, and you know it, it still is, is what it is. But they've just done nothing. The only thing that they've done that's vaguely resonated with the current crop. Is to knock off Stonewood Pacific Ale. But so, assuming
3: that eight point nine percent of the nine point one percent Coopers decline this year was because Luke didn't put it in his book, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. and we're trying to work out what the other zero point two percent was. I wish my <laughs> book was that popular. Well, well, no, no, no. well <laughs> just take it. Just take it.
2: The reason I asked uh, what it was was because I, I you know, um, Luke is in a generation that probably didn't grow up with. Coopers in the '80s and have that real love for them um, has a very, very different politics to Coopers, um, and is also a craft beer native. So, which one of was it column A, B, or C, or was it a little bit of everything? That saw what was it deliberate omission or was it a conscious omission, and for for what reason? It, because it was, I, I I,
4: can, can I say it was definitely conscious? Um, now that I've thought like about like it, like
3: the bunches pun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> um, in terms of. When you look at... So, it was the Bible Society beer. Uh, it was branded with Bible Society on the beer. If you go to the Bible Society website, they have hateful articles. Um, really anti-gay, really just horrible things. So they're not their articles, but, that but they post like. But that doesn't reflect the whole...
2: This was a discussion we had offline. I said, you know, if, if you go to a... Um, mosque website. There'll be a small percentage. that will be saying yep. blow up America, but that doesn't reflect the whole. And do you
4: though? Like, do you like I, I, I mosque
2: don't know. I, websites I, I, say that?
4: You know what I mean? Like, well, I, I don't know. <laughs> but but you, you,
2: you can't take the whole. Um, by you know, Cooper's isn't the Bible Society, and yep. Cooper's support of the Bible Society
4: isn't. Um, and I'm not defending Cooper's. And, I, 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 and I, I, I'm not saying I'm pro mosque websites wanting to blow people up. No, 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 no. Um, <laughs> but you know, if if they're giving money to people that. Hate, uh, hate homosexuals or hate gay people that actually think they're going to go to uh, you know their website has got hateful language on it. I don't want to support a brand that is supporting so that. The liberal parties. F- 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 I, I don't support <laughs> the liberal party either. <laughs> I, 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 I didn't think you did. <laughs> yeah. but I but don't know if that's yeah. clear. And, and so, anyway, so, and, and yeah. you know that's that's I guess that's and it comes back to the whole like two birds um, argument or wolf of the willows. There are people that make good beer. That are people that I want to support, and so, sure, Coopers make fine beer. The session, the session ale, the blue can, it's a good beer. Not going to buy it because they do a lot of things that I don't like.
2: And and I, I think it's all of those things have seen the decline, and that w- w- which was why I sort of, I don't think you led the charge against Coopers or anything like that mm. because of your book, but I think your omission from the book is a great snapshot of why... But you were close to the front of the protest. You, you,
4: you, you are the first person to point that out. <laughs> and, I, and as soon as I... Put the book out, and I thought, "Fuck! People are going to mention Coopers." No one did until this moment. So, and thank you for giving me the opportunity to, to hey, say why. We may be slow, but we're always
0: first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, it's how slow I am. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> Have you even read the book? So, uh, did you send him a book? Yeah, I've got a book. I didn't read it because you didn't send me one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh. Yeah,
4: uh, all all good bookshops. 30 bucks. You can can afford (laughs) that. Bargain bin. Bargain bin. So,
3: where was I going? I was going to say, taking bigotry out of the equation with Coopers, if we were just to look at it as uh, it seemed to me for some time that they were sort of always looking upwards, and the new beers they were bringing out was like, we, we. we're part of the big gang, and the products we're going to bring out, low-carb or lager or premium lager, whatever, we're going to join them, as opposed to realizing they probably had more in their DNA, not personally, in terms of their, the people there, but in what they were, the corporate in, in common with what was coming up from you know the, the, the under, oh. underbelly of the industry. And I think they, just, they, they might have played up to it and done that terrible IPA or you know, kept the Coopers vintage going, whatever, but it seemed to me that they always believed they belonged in the big big camp yep. and i wonder whether that was that's been ultimately you know it, we, we don't know if this undoing is a long term undoing but whether they've ended up putting their bet, you know backing the wrong horse so to speak as to what they actually were and who they were um, or whether it's you know that's
0: i'll just reiterate what i said uh, a couple of podcasts ago that coopers have survived two world wars a depression um, three at least three hostile takeovers mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to be particularly worried about the the opinions of um, you know a, a podcast that yeah. that it, is, it, it is ex- at least further back than number thirty one <laughs> <laughs> in Except, the um, no no top thirty It's not anything that Luke said.
2: It's what podcast Luke said represents. Yeah, um, and that, and that and that that. Is so I his was book. just trying to like pave
0: the so it was yeah. and segue into. <laughs> I know, but it so Luke, tell us about your uh, number five on your predictions <laughs> for 2018, oh, which no. was which is a great way of saying thank you very much to Scotty McKinnon, which is a, what I was thank originally you, thank going you, to do. Thank, thank, thank you both for your, for your contribution. Scotty, and thanks for the beers. And for it's uh, always great when somebody promises beers and brings them. Yeah. <laughs> um, our next guest, Tommy Delmon. No, 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 no. And
2: um, Scotty, thank you for making up at least twenty-five percent of the brews news content
4: this year. Uh, can I get? <laughs> can, can I give a shout out to Scotty's shirt as well? I, I love that shirt. shirt. Good work. It's a great G- shirt. Good yeah, shirt game. Yeah, yeah, works works
2: really and, and just, well just on, we on a podcast, Alex, an uh, audio podcast. Zoe. Um, the feedback we've had from the podcast where we, you and Fee talked about uh, Coopers, if you guys want to come up, if Totem Marketing and uh, Dusty Cowboy want to come up with a marketing campaign for Cowgirls, sorry, easy, the, yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> sorry, um, come up with a marketing campaign for Coopers, we'll take it to them and uh, we'll just have take a small yeah.
0: percentage of yep. the
2: because um, <laughs> I think they need your help. Perhaps but doing anyway. it at the same
0: time as you um, as you support uh, Brews News and come on as a as a sponsor partner as, or as a regular guest or as a regular guest, um, which is a, a a great way to introduce. Um, so part five is our way of thanking Scotty McKinnon and, and introducing James Omond. Four was hybrids and shit. Yeah, <laughs> Hybrid, hybrids, wine, wines
2: and spirits. Yeah. Now, as everyone just just in case you're sitting here and being very polite because none of you got your phones out. Um, Luke, where, where can we read this list in
4: full detail? Aleofatime.com. Thanks, James.
3: Link in the Crafty Point newsletter on Friday. Oh, thank you, Craig
4: James. <laughs> um, uh, it's also weird I that, the, that the 200th episode of Bruce News, we're talking about a list that I, I made. Uh, thank you, guys.
2: We have had you on each H- year when you've done your...
0: And you have to remember that we're, we are recording this out of order, so we're actually yeah, okay, up to yeah. 197... So we did. One know, the, so finally, eight. the one ninety seventh episode, our two hundredth episode, <laughs> which we're recording today, will actually—I um, can't bring myself to say—drop, which will be published on. Um, Just say drop. No, come on. Which do will it. come out on we'll, uh, the, we'll week we'll before, the week before yeah. the week say before the week before Christmas. Drop or Luke will throw shade and at you. that's <laughs> no. That's why I'm trying not to flog his book so much. Can we get I'm a rewind? <laughs> <laughs> I'm quite aware that this this podcast isn't actually going to come out until it's too late to buy your last minute Christmas gifts.
4: Okay. Well, you'd buy, buy a New Year's gift. Everybody, buy a gift for a friend. Everybody, if you're
2: tweeting, if you're taking social media, at GoodbeerMatt, at ProfPilsner, and at Ale of a Time, and at, at Beer Crafty Blokes, Pine, obviously. But, uh, How long have you known me? Everyone knows. Crafty Pine's better known than Bruce News. But yeah. um, tell your friends to buy uh, Keg Bottle Can. It's a really good book. It is a really good book. It's a good read. <laughs> Unless you're a Cooper's drinker. <laughs> anyway. <pie. laughs> anyway, so uh, number five. Marriage. Copyright and label issues. Talk us through copyright and label
0: issues, and we might. So, thank you very much to Scotty McKinnon, and it's a good opportunity to introduce our very special guest James to, the, Omon, to the to the panel, James Omon.
2: Omon and Co. Copyright lawyers
0: to the stars. Okay. And James has been not only a great supporter, um, in principle, of, of of Radio Brews News and, and Good Brews Week as it is now, um, but has also helped us out quite a bit when we have, um, I, I guess, been at the forefront of of championing issues around copyright and trademark and that sort of thing. So it's, it's great to have James here in person.
2: It is great uh, to have James here. So, Luke, maybe you can talk us through your copyright and label issues uh, number five. Why is that a big
0: thing or the I, fifth well, biggest
4: thing? I think this is the one that I missed. I thought copyright and labels would be, I guess, more prominent because breweries are ripping off so much IP at the moment. Uh, you look at, you know, Star Wars, Disney... All of that stuff, it's, you know, it's lazy marketing. There's kind of this... People are building brands around other people's marketing. But it turns out no one gives a shit. No one is suing anyone. I mean, other than there's a couple of court cases around the word Pacific or the word urban. In in terms of things like Star Wars and that sort of thing,
0: is it... Okay, you know what, it's, it's not our core business. It's actually probably... Uh, perhaps promoting our business, so yeah. we'll, we'll leave that alone? Or well, is it just and, and when you look slipped at say, under the radar? Because we'll like I would assume that Pixar and Disney and all those sorts of corporations would have people whose sole job is just to scour the internet
4: looking for people who are trying to use our, our names. I, one of my favourite examples at the moment is um, Feral Biggie Juice. So Feral, love Feral, they make great beer. Biggie Juice has a picture of Biggie Smalls on it. Uh, so Biggie Matt, Smalls Matt, What's
0: what's Biggie? What's a Biggie Smalls? <laughs> he's, a,
4: he's a rapper. Uh oh, Okay, right. Top top 10 of all time rapper.
0: Yeah. So <laughs> works works at, jo- at David Jones at
4: Christmas time. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no, I know what it, yeah.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Biggie Smalls restaurant in, in Fitzroy they do kebabs. But he started so that before he was a rapper. Actually didn't No, actually didn't Biggie Smalls it Steve doesn't do. It doesn't a make any sense. Oh <laughs> so the problem is so so Biggie Smalls like maybe the 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 number one rapper of all time. Everyone loves Biggie Smalls. I still listen to Taylor Swift. So. As oh, t- Taylor puts out some good yeah, music, hey, that's fair. Totes cray cray for um, Taylor. <laughs> but hi, so so the Kardashians. So, Matt, I can talk cool. The Kardashians made a T-shirt with Biggie Smalls on it. The Kardashians sued. Oh, sorry, the Biggie Smalls estate sued the Kardashians. Feral. His oh,
0: Biggie Smalls no longer with us.
4: Yeah, he's dead. Oh, he's okay. We'll tip one
0: on out for our jealous. homies. No. Uh, God, no, I'm just trying to prove
4: I can do it. Uh, cool.
1: So without actually knowing what it means. So
4: and now we've got the restaurant, we've got Feral, Biggie Juice. Feral's are doing the the bar Biggie juice, Biggie Smalls though is a bit of a It's got his stretch. his photo on the label. Oh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> like his face is on the label. So if the Kardashians are gonna sue Oh sorry, sorry, if they're gonna sue the Kardashians, they're gonna sue your brewery. But they still haven't. If you're going to sue anybody, you're going to sue. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, but, but but they haven't. And, and I guess. But, but it comes. So, so dip- well, it depends okay. on. James Oman. Can, can I say one thing? The, the reason they. Because the, they haven't makes my prediction wrong. I don't know why they haven't. So, they so, your prediction, just to flesh it out, is that
0: more people will be jumping S- on. Suing no, you other can't people. use my name, my yep. IP, my imagery. Just as a, as a so very why haven't they? There's
3: a minor thing. When we did a piece, the, Will did a piece earlier in the year where we spoke to James and a couple of other people on the issue of, um, I guess, more IP copyright. Uh, when we put it on Facebook, there was someone from uh, a small Australian brewery I shan't name, thought it was, had been posted on his page by a mate and put some quite aggressive comment to, oh, it's an article that says nothing about nothing, nothing's ever going to happen. Then I think he realised he actually put that comment on the Crafty Point Facebook page and disappeared, but I'd already taken a screen and sent it to Will going, what a staff thing to say, I know who this person is. <laughs> anyway, they actually got a cease and desist letter from uh, the lawyers at Cadbury. Uh, I know of two different breweries. So, so at s- least
7: two different breweries have gotten cease and desist from two different companies. They're not suing people for, m- you know, they're not looking for money or anything, but they are saying, you can't keep brewing this beer. Stop using our IP. Uh, and the other side we it was
2: this. we tried to contact. And just to say various That was Will Bell, who has now officially been on the
3: podcast.
1: <laughs> but, but. <Hey. laughs> but. We, we still, you still
0: don't win the bet. But we've we've never never also tried the
3: to, we also tried to contact several of the companies involved, whether it was local distributors over here of Star Wars movies, whether it was um, distributors of soft drinks, and not a single one, despite a couple of chases before the ice school, bothered to get back to us. I don't know. That probably just says we're not on their radar. But, you know, there was no real interest. In the, but there has been those those yeah two small incidents of people being sort of caught out in a small way. Just not in a big way.
0: Uh, Steve Jeffers from uh, well, everywhere, everywhere, <laughs> from cover yeah. of beer. We, we
3: try to reg- register Batmania, which is uh, obviously the first name Batman. Uh, Batmania was the first name of, or original name of Melbourne, and we got to see yeah. sort of this before we even made the beer or named the beer from uh, DC. DC. Right? Yeah, same. We, so uh, there is some stopping Steve. Do that. There is.
8: Can I jump? Can
2: I jump in there? Stop,
0: Steve Jeffers doing what he wants.
2: Can we actually hear from the copyright lawyer talking about these
8: things? I, I think the the key the key issue is what Steve's just said. We tried to register, and that's oh. that's what brings you onto the radar. Um, and I'm sure I could, if if I was as good at, as as Prof, work in Batman and Radar and all of that sort of stuff. But uh, as soon as you register or apply to register, generally as a trademark possibly as a business name or, or a company name that's what puts you on the radar because these uh, the, the companies um, generally pay trademark attorneys worldwide to uh, monitor the trademarks register and so they'll have all of their key marks and the bigger the company the broader the the number of marks they have and so it's 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 all the AI stuff so it's not costing them a lot to to monitor the, the new filings. So that's what brings you onto the radar, is if you actually try and register the name. So just
0: using it may not ever put them... Until
8: someone, writes a, until someone writes a uh, well-read blog on it, perhaps that then yeah. that then yeah. then, or then perhaps pops is mentioned up. on something Who's like, say, the 31st, <laughs> the
0: 31st most popular um, podcast food in the podcast. food and beer yes. category. I said top so, 30 in the article. Totally inaccuracy.
4: So I've got a question going on here. Uh, Scotty so McKinnon, if, the floor um, recognises Scotty McKinnon.
7: If the name actually isn't being put forward as being registered with, say, IP Australia, then how, how does the company actually externally, so overseas, actually find out about that? Because we're probably talking about global trademarks. Sorry, I figured my yeah, lack so of knowledge on that. But what, so what have you got in
0: mind, Scotty? What are you, what are you hoping to use? It's it's not for me, but there's a few out there that are, I think uh, <laughs> I'm I'm asking for a friend.
8: Well, let's 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 take an example of someone sort of fairly close around that might use the word champagne, for example, on their brut IPA. What will happen there is that they're not going to register um, champagne for my friends, for example, as their as their a, as a trademark, but they're using it on the packaging. What will happen is that the civc the champagne producers association will have a law firm in australia on retainer they might see it they will take a screenshot take a photo of the product whatever send it through and say we think this is uh undermining your rights in the word um we suggest a cease and desist so um,
0: the probably, probably not a great example to use at the moment, James, because I, I reckon most of the French are, are fairly distracted at the moment with other issues. <laughs> I don't think they're looking at little Australian beer no, labels. Well,
8: well the, the thing is, um, like Will and I were talking before about uh, an example where Google um, came down like a ton of bricks on a mum and dad spectacle shop um, because they'd been trading under this name for half a dozen years. Um, no, it was, it was a play on words of her... Surname her her grandmother's surname, which was Um, Scugle, but this was before the um, magnificent um, uh, expedition that was Google Glasses. Um, But because it had O -O G L E on the end, it came up on the AI searching on the trademarks. They'd been they'd been um, trading under that name for five or six years all good, as soon as they went to register, that's what came up on, the, uh, on the, the searching. So that's how it came to their attention. But then you also have to remember that um, these you know, major corporations, whether it's um, Lucasfilm, Disney, um, Google, whoever, will have lawyers in these different countries. Those lawyers have budgets they need to meet. Um, and <laughs> therefore, if they see a potential infringement they're going to um, raise it as an issue. And the, the question is whether they have a standing arrangement that they can send it off, off their own bat or whether they go to the local Australian office or whether they, they go to the, the, the global IP council. And there's, there's some companies that are particularly litigious. So, for example, Jack Daniels. If you look on the trademark register, anything with the word Jack and it doesn't matter what else, in Class 33 for alcoholic beverages has generally been opposed. Um, I mean, Iron Jack's an interesting one because yeah. um, I think because it's Jack's at the end rather than the start.
0: Or, as Matt said, because it's so homoerotic that they just figure, uh, so just leave them <laughs> alone. Must, well, be, maybe must be a Mardi Gras thing.
8: Well now that now that the test now that t- test cricket's on and we actually see some of the ads maybe it's because they just like dogs. <laughs> so are you saying if you want to steal
4: someone's IP just don't register it. Yeah. Or don't get if too t-
3: successful. Oh,
1: yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: don't make it. If you want to
8: avoid line. coming to their attention then off the, you off don't the record. you, you <laughs> don't apply So for, for example, it as a Holgate's trademark.
0: Millennium Falcon has been uh, and, and I guess their argument would be but we're celebrating the the hop name. Yep. But it's clearly. Wait, what hop? They, they used a lot of Millennium in the
3: original one, okay, plus, plus Falconer's yeah. Flight. Okay, Falconer, yeah. And then I think it has changed. It, it, it's, yeah, it's it yeah. since yeah. changed so over was, time. So there so was, there was, there was a, a nice bunch of yeah. buttons. But the thing is, they've always kept that. That label's always had Star Wars references. Yeah. It was when they did the X Wing. <laughs> was a just like. the
0: Millennium Falcon on the label. I
3: it, I'm, I'm really good mates with the head brewer there. Um, and I sent him a text and. It probably wasn't written quite clearly enough. And I think so you had a, no longer I, 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 good I, mates with him? <laughs> no, we are still good mates, but I think he had a bit of a meltdown at work because he was like, well, we've got 60,000 of these cans. Um, but that that that, that that that, to me, there was no way you could justify... That can, and if they keep that beer around, please redesign
4: the can. I'm looking forward to Star Wars beer from Holgate. <laughs> yeah. Well, Holgate's actually a
8: client of mine, so I can't really say too much about this. Other <laughs> than how do they get away Ocon with on it? chair dreams? So I think this is you know. Well, obviously I'm a brilliant lawyer because they're still they've being escaped produced. exactly. Yeah. Sorry, hundred ah. percent. W- when's this episode dropping, by the way? <laughs> yeah, when's the when call? Case? call for Christmas. Yeah. Um, so hopefully all the products will I mean, be out one, in stores by then. One of the issues there to, to, to pick up on the on the X-Wing that that um, you need to be careful with here is if you're taking imagery... So this is coming back to... Because Matt was talking about uh, copyright and trademark. So um, trademark is when, when you're registering, like, a name or a logo. Copyright is when someone does the artwork. Um, so just to distinguish between those. So um, with... Say uh, like Hop Nation with Jedi Juice, for example. Yep. Um, that's um, an it's obvious a, reference. Yeah, exactly. And with the with the Princess Leia, but you do your own artwork. And and one of the things that I say is, if you're going to do this pop culture reference, then go into it with your eyes open. That that you might get the cease and desist letter, like we were talking about with Cadbury before. Um, so if you're prepared to to discontinue that that line. Then all well and good. Go ahead with your eyes open. Um, copyright is an, is another matter. If you want to again do this pop culture reference and you want to do um, take a take an image from you know a movie series or whatever, commission your own artist, get your own artwork done. Don't copy someone else's. And that, that I mean that's so. Is that's, this
0: like like. I guess the cartoon or the animated version of um, like The Simpsons using certain songs but having it in a slightly different key or whatever, you can get away with it as long. So it, it gets the point across, but it's yeah, not. Yeah, the US has so different obvious.
8: rules in terms of, um, yeah, well, whether it's parody or whether it's fair use or whether it's um, various other things. I, I had a, a client who had a, um, uh, um, this is one client this time. Mm that used an image, it was like a pen and ink sort of sketch and everyone thought it was original until we got a letter from the estate of a photographer from Lithuania who'd taken a photo of Jean-Paul Sartre in 1965 (laughs) and who knew that was the inspiration Ah, for this, this label and in America you would have got away with it, in Australia it never got tested because we ended up coming to a resolution but... It was, um, you've got to be really careful with, with where you take your inspiration from.
0: So, James, in terms of naming rights, we look at, um, say, for example, Malt, the brewery formerly known as Malt, which had to change its name to Revel. They didn't have ha- to. Oh, sorry.
2: They, they suggested to them. It was suggested, yeah, they suggested to them they may not get full mileage out of that name.
0: And yet there's a brewery in Wangaratta called Malt Shed, which is arguably far closer to Malt Shovel. Than malt ever was. Malt is an ingredient. It's not a a, a trademark. So how does well that you, that you just kind of go in fingers crossed, or is it that one's that, not registered? That one,
8: for example, when I spoke at the um, the brewcon. Yeah, no, well, oh, no, pre- previous crap, year Brewers when it was still the CBC. Um, yeah, and I to to give an example of what were good and and not so good names, I just looked at the. The companies that had joined in the last month the the association and one of them was malt and so I had that up there and so the guys came up after and say oh have we done something wrong what's all this sort of stuff I said well um no I mean I actually was saying it was a bad idea because it was too descriptive of the product that malt is one of the four key ingredients so therefore you know other people might come up with something similar you also then had malt shovel and so Even at that stage, they were thinking, oh, maybe we need to to change to something different that's protectable, that once you build a really good reputation, um, you can actually protect it from someone else as opposed to the fact that you already had a very big company with something very similar.
0: So have they said malt paddle or...?
8: Well, I still think um, think you're going to end up with other people with a very similar name and you're going to get confusion and you're not going to have that clear space around your... Branding if you go with something that has this descriptive element to it.
4: So what about Castlemaine Brewing in Castlemaine?
8: That's a deep Would pockets just issue. Just for the, uh, oh, sorry, For if, if it doesn't come through. So what about Castlemaine Brewing um, from Queensland versus the Castlemaine... Uh, Brewing. Which is yeah, a, Castlemaine it's Brewing small, in... Yeah, it's in a in small town... Bay. Just out, yeah, of, yeah, Castlemaine, out. Town of Castlemaine. Yeah, Castlemaine. Town of Castlemaine an hour and a half Birkins, north yeah. of Melbourne. Who... Uh, Shed shaker shed. shed shaker, shed shaker, shed shaker. Yep. Um, well, that—that's the other issue that you come back to with, particularly in the craft scene, is that most guys don't have money to be spending on lawyers. In fact, no one does. Um, if you take a name that's too similar to one of the big guys, then you can't afford to defend that. It's just a simple rule of commerce. The law might be on your side. You might have the best argument. You might be able to um, win at law. But if it's going to take a couple of years, you're not going to be able to run And a couple hundred thousand grand. Yeah, exactly, yeah. easily. Hemingway is,
2: at the moment, is having a bit of a fight with the Hemingway family because it's named after Ernest Hemingway. It's in Cairns, um, in Cairns, not Cairns. Cairns. Yeah. But um, well, beer, beer in cans that is yeah, a can. completely different thing. Cans, That'll mate. never work. Um, but, yeah, so apparently there is... There Hemingway's name is being blocked. Um, there is some opposition on the trademark register yeah. because it's a name.
8: There's, well, there's, there's two issues with the Heming, Hemingway's case. One is that uh, the estate of Ernest Hemingway have a number of trademark registrations. Um, so the name is actually registered, uh, I believe that they're the subject of removal actions for non use as a response to the opposition. But I think there were also photos of Ernest Hemingway displayed at the um at the brewery. I don't know if that's true or not. That's that's what I understand. So if the Hemingway estate has that sort of uh evidence that it's not just called Hemingway's, they've got pictures up there, then they're, they're the issue comes back to whether different. Um, they would be entitled to... Um, people would expect there's some, there's some relationship whether they should or be entitled to a licence fee, that sort yep, of thing. Yep. Okay. And um, that, that sort of brings us full circle to when we were talking about at the start, some of these names. And one of the ones that I've always been surprised about has been... Um, uh, I think it's dog had Elvis Juice because the estate of Elvis Presley has been massive... In litigation anyone trying to use the name has really um, been had got a very serious cease and desist letter
2: but Elvis is a name like it it, he wasn't the first and last person to be named Elvis
8: no but if you think about people who are known by a single name Elvis uh, Madonna um, crafty to to, to be fair Madonna was the second person to
4: take that (laughs) name. Matt
1: <laughs>
4: but uh, um one of the things with the Elvis Juice was they made a marketing campaign out mind. of changing their names to Elvis, mm. Martin or James. Oh, what? What do you think? And they never filed them. Okay. They, they showed us photos of the forms, but nothing changed on the company register or anything. It was yeah. It's okay. fake
1: as everything they've ever done. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Good job, Cook. Thank you very much, <laughs> Phil Cook. Uh, so Phil, I love you you're a right there, now. Just it's so great. there's no copyright issues or anything like that. Um, Matt, I, I do notice by the clock on the wall that <laughs> Jamie Cook is ab- not only losing his shit, he's outside banging on the window, doing giving the wind up sign. Hey, Absolutely.
8: He, it, 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 he it, did also say last week he's he's finding that a bit tiresome.
0: Is he? Oh, did, he hasn't told us.
4: He's reached well, the Cook Well, okay, time. okay.
2: Just just to keep the uh, trademark lawyers happy, we're changing it from the C O K limit. To the K-O-C-H limit. So it's now the Greg You've got to be very limit. careful with
0: those. <laughs> Actually, maybe uh, yeah, just exactly as an homage well, to Stone and Wood, there. perhaps we should call this the original <laughs> Cook limit. <laughs> the original Cook limit. Um, but you just very quickly, it's um, a before, style, not a brand.
2: before we do wind up, James, is there anything that you want to say? Uh, James
3: uh, Smith from Crafty Pine? I thought I was here just to look good.
4: Uh, no. struggling.
7: I know, <laughs> no.
3: oh, no, I'm struggling. And I, I had one thing I wanted to bring up which we talked about the other day when I was doing the little article on this. Um, I I think people would like to hear the story about, I know it's not the podcast, but Bruce News, the website. If you'd like to describe the moment that Bruce News went live for the first time to your followers would be wonderful. I, well okay. It was four a.m. somewhere.
0: In two hundred and fifty I, words or less. I, I, okay, I I, I'd been could.
2: blogging on Beer Mat, and uh, that was where Pete and I met incidentally um, hey, we, were, we, 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 we met w- online before we, we, we met downstairs. Yeah, yeah, yes. <laughs> but then we met downstairs. But then and. People, we were reading each other, there were three people reading our blogs and we knew each other and then people started reading and I thought, thought, well, people are starting to read this, I need to do something a little bit more professional. And so I had this idea of Bruce News and um, I, I sent it live around about Australia Day 2011 or was the same, it was 20, 2010,
0: 2011. I
2: can't, seriously, so can we, we don't do milestones at Australian Bruce News except for the 200th episode of Radio <laughs> Bruce News. Um, and I sent it live, and it was about four o'clock in the morning. Um, I was on holidays at the beach with my family; they were all asleep. I was sitting in my underpants, <laughs> and the yeah, mental image God. that nobody needed. TMI, Matt. TMI. Old man yelling at cloud. But it. Oh, it, it was. It was sort of. It was sort of. And I think the first article I put live was about she her boy, Um eh? But um, the. Thing about it was that I was just sitting there thinking, Australian Brews News sounds far too official for what this is. Um, and so I quickly jumped online and registered someguyinhisunderpants.com, um, <laughs> and linked
0: that to it. So it was, are you still paying for some brews- guy in his underpants.com? Just no, in case, no. if you type that in right now, <laughs> folks, no. get out your smart-ass phones. No. It will I, direct you to
2: Bruce News. I actually let it lapse because, oh, did you? yeah, after a couple of years, oh, I, I that's did. A heritage. So I that's heritage.
1: That's the dank. Don't get rid of. You can't get rid of the <laughs> no, dank.
0: No. So anyway, so so that was. It's available.
5: Oh, we need
8: it's, that. It's so Somebody will pinch that now.
5: I, I can see. <laughs> five, I was going to say
8: I can see five people put out their phone just now in the crowd. <laughs> that's okay. You're welcome
2: to it. I, I think. I think I've outgrown my underpants. I can't believe
0: <laughs> 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 oh, it. But thank you for bringing another no, picture I know. No, it I was funny. No, we, were, we were chatting about the, the... Tell us about the, how you the, said the Crafty the 200, 200 episodes. Because it, it was neck and neck for a while because... No, we were nine months ahead of Crafty. Yeah, I know. But, but there's a really nice um, uh, synergy that, that, we're, that we're here at the Tap House because it was... And it's the, the story of when Crafty rang me and we had a bit of a chat and he said oh, give us a couple of quotes for the, for the story how did you and Matt actually meet and I said well I, I guess I've always said that the one thing I love about Matt is that I oh, said so there's one thing he's, he's well he's absolutely he lives in Queensland and in he Melbourne he's um, like just um, oh, I can't think of the word now but uh, concise no that's not one of the words I've ever used to describe him thanks James um, oblivious <laughs> And not just but, because... But that's really you I'm, I'm actually not oblivious. I know this is not a, a pictorial thing. It's, uh, this is audio. But all the important guests are to Matt's right. And that's because Matt is as deaf as a post in this ear. <laughs> and there were so many times where I'd be talking to Matt and he'd going to go, oh, you know, I'm deaf in this ear. And, and things would just uh, be ignored. And the first Isn't time ever... Teaching? And Steve Jeffers was at the bar and this... Tall, lanky streak of pelican shit was chatting to him, and I was standing at the bar behind him.
2: I oh, wasn't deaf man, by the way. No, I know you, you weren't deaf <laughs>
0: but you were still oblivious. And it, the deafness came later, just kind of as a, you know, uh, the bow on the wrapping. Um, and he said, Oh, do you know do you know this guy who who writes under the name of Prof? And Steve basically said, Know him? I said. If you take a step back, you'll trot on his foot. <laughs> he said, "It's the guy right behind you." And that's how that, thats where we we first met. So we'd met virtually. We'd we'd we um, conversed online and shared comments and and realised, ah, all my comments on my post are coming from you, and all your fa- comments are coming from. When me. you come to write
3: the story of your relationship, remember that the chapter has to be the bow. The deafness was the bow, <laughs> the bow on the on wrapping. The wrapping. <laughs> On the box, Th- that is became
0: bruised news. Yeah.
2: Anyway, that, that's enough about us. James, um, what's your tip for 2019?
8: Oh, uh geez. yeah, I, I think everyone that. should get themselves a decent trademark lawyer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that and number Noah again, a James. A decent
0: marketer oh, as well, yeah. and totem marketing. Uh, know your customer. That's a that's. Know your cu- Luke, customer. well, we, we, we've been through what your tips for. Uh, yeah, uh, basically, our 200th episode has been. What does Luke think? Well, what is Luke? <laughs> <laughs>
4: it's been great for me, by the and way. Jesus. Was it just like the two hundredth Bruce News episode was about me? I loved it. <laughs> well, that's good. But it, it, again, uh,
0: Luke. Now the other thing too, Oliver time been going very successful. Not quite up to number thirty-one. We'll um, get there. We'll get there. Yeah, yeah it's, it's something to achieve.
4: I look at the iTunes charts all the time and be like, oh goddamn it, those
0: Bruce if News Only no, I f- could be Bruce News. Yeah, but um, yeah. We, we um, but never you've, get never to speak at you've never interviewed podcast conferences. You've never yeah, interviewed it, it, either of us. We, we, we've Although never I been on your, your
2: podcast. We've never been on uh, Magic. You've never yet. been on the, our podcast? No, no, we've never been on oh, our podcast. No one asked I've us still to be, be on a podcast. No, to be fair
0: though, I've still right. I've got nothing you. left to say. I've archived the email. Um, Luke said to me, uh, our third podcast, we'd really love you to be on it. We'd, you know, and as, you bailed. As guest. I was in Europe.
4: There you go. And Don't you said, go to no Europe. Worries. That's a good good advice.
0: Never call go to you Europe when you get back. Where was my invitation? Crickets. Fucking crickets. Yeah. yeah well, it's your Still fault. Waiting. Your own
4: fault for going to Europe. That was 2012. Look at you, your fancy guy going to Europe. <laughs> uh, 2014. <laughs> yeah. So,
2: but yeah, we, we, we do have to bring this thing home, Prof. So, just for, I've just got a couple of uh, very quick thank yous uh, to thank. Um, obviously, thank you to our sponsors, Cry Malt um, and also Tribe, formerly Brewpack, who they literally do just sponsor us because they like what we do. They've never asked us for anything. They've never put any obligations on us. They just do it because they like what we do.
0: And to be fair, we shit-canned them a, a fair bit We don't shit-canned the, them, the, but the we journey. just... No, just go with it, just for the... F-
1: <laughs> uh,
2: <okay. laughs> just, no, we, we, we're just negligent spouses. I'm trying to make them
1: feel Um Labels, Railing.
2: who are sponsoring us this week. Also to Brick Lane and uh, Wolf of the Willows, who provided the beers that have got us all, our hearts filled yeah. with song. Yeah, yeah,
1: And
0: almost fixation. And
2: almost, well...
0: Tommy's gone down to the bottle store. shop to see... Have you got any, <laughs> any squish? I've got to get some of these pricks before they... Also,
2: I, I think Steve Jeffers is, has is only <laughs> just he's left. He's worked um, But for the, the local tap house for providing us with this awesome cavernous room um, that we managed to fill. We filled. And also, as Pete mentioned, being the place that we met... Thank you to uh, Luke, Luke and James um, for being our uh, mainstay panelists and also Zoe, uh, James and Scott um, for joining us on the panel. Um, And to, yeah, big big round of applause and thank you to uh, everyone that's here as a a listener and also the people that are out there in podcast land um, who we started, we stopped, we started, we stopped, we started, we didn't publish, we started, we stopped and it was the emails we got asking us to keep going. It was nice to hear you say what you said, Luke, that um, thankfully not everybody started a podcast uh, because <laughs> we yeah, you know, were be regular. If everyone started a podcast, that's the way to start a podcast. But to everybody that listened, and uh, most importantly, thank you to Pete. Um, As you can tell, we love each other dearly but irritate the shit out of each other. And yet he comes back uh, week in, week out. Um, There have been a few touchy emails along the way. But it just would not have been possible without you, Pete. And uh, so thank you very
0: much. About that payment that's been promised (laughs) since 2011. You get paid after I get paid. (laughs) No, I like to echo Matt's sentiments, and um, and as I say, it, I, I guess it's a nice place to finish. Is is where we started, and that's to thank all of you guys who put up with this shit, who who listen to us and support us. Um, as I say, they're probably still <laughs> <not> listening now. <laughs> Look, it, it, it's it's been our our passion for this gig. It's not, it's not you know we've we clearly and and very obviously never tried to make any any money out of it. Um, as is evidenced by the. Shitty merchandise that we provide ourselves. Um, you have to shave, though. And we should point out. We should
2: We're point out. Incidentally, in the, the, the best analogy for our, th- our relationship is Pete always first wears a t shirt. I never wear t shirts. I always wear the polo shirt. And I turn up so thinking, I've got to wear. You know, I wear the shirt, and suddenly <laughs> I
0: like like a... This is the first. This is its first, first outing. Time that the first worn a ever polo time. shirt And I'm Matt wearing the t shirt. He said, "Oh, I'll send you down a, a Bruise News merch pack." With a, a couple of T-shirts um, and the and the polo shirt, and I thought, oh, I better fucking wear the polo shirt for the two the hundredth. And the, for, for the first time, you don't wear what you normally wear.
2: And and I've I've been asked for it. I've been asked for my shirt, so I'm actually giving the souvenir two uh, hundredth episode T-shirt away. So,
0: I would have thought it would. I, I, I do have a archive, you know, <laughs> perhaps put in the in the beer museum for for later on. But anyway, but I got uh, as I was saying before, I was rudely interrupted. Um, it's 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 nice to finish where we started, and that's to, to thank all of you guys, because um, really where this where this whole podcast and where Brews News came from is is a place of, you know, we just absolutely love and are genuinely passionate about not just, you know, beer and its history and its story and its culture, but about the people who have made it, who are now making it, um, and in advance, you know, the, the people who are going to... Pick up the legacy that, that these guys have, have begun, and in all reality, um, you know I wouldn't be dead for quids. I you know I, I just I just figure that my my motto is any day above ground is a good day, um, <laughs> made even better if you've got a beer in your hand. Right. And you know, in all honesty, that's that's just you know I, I just think we be thankful for small mercies, and um, you know with with all the shit that goes on in our lives, at the end of the day, there's nothing that can't be sold by just sitting down with 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 friends over a A foaming glass and just sort of saying you know cheers to your health um you know and god bless so thank you very much and and thank you a big round of applause for our panel thank you very much for all of our panel and for the 200th time it gives me great pleasure to say and we're out